Welcome back, everybody, to the Talk Shop Season 7, Episode, uh, uh... I don't remember. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Since what year is it? It's been a while. I think it's 11. Are we 11? on the 11th episode of the season? Is that real? I have Season I 7, Episode so. 10 on my desktop. That's the only one, I so I think 11 right. is the next one. We made 11 more of these? <laughs> uh, somehow. Wow. Against the wishes of both God and man, and they just get. We better. are back. They just get. Be- I'm gonna be positive. The last two podcasts, I was a little bit. I was just a little bit. You know, I was playing the depressed Sam. But the great part about being bipolar is that you get to switch it up and be happy <laughs> every now and again. So, this is the happy Don't. Sam episode. Here's to increase your happiness. Uh, the from the first week of last episode's release. It got 11 downloads. In the first month, it got 16 downloads. Oh, yeah. shit. I actually noticed that because when I'm like just diddling, I always just go and check and see how many downloads we have just whenever I think of it, like every couple weeks or whatever. And every I day. would love, yeah, every every hour <laughs> on the hour. I just need to keep track of those <laughs> metrics. Imagine like you, I died and you guys, I don't know, for some reason were helping Becca clean out the basement. You saw like extensive KPI metrics <laughs> about the <laughs> There's, like, like a grass. giant whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> Like to the day, no. But I'm really like I would love to hear. Like, is it people that just miss us so they re-listen to the episode, or are there like five of you that are like, I want to listen to the talk shop, but not right away. <laughs> I don't want to seem too eager. I'll catch the episode <laughs> in another couple weeks. Yeah, so they know the Sam is watching the metrics. They think they're gonna. They, they think you can reverse engineer who which listener is who based on when they done. <laughs> well, I know when my uh, parents listen to it because they don't talk to me for a week after. So. <laughs> That's good. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't talk anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, got him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Tom. I'm Corey. And I will always be your Sammy. Do 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 do. I've never heard you I'll always be your Sammy. I've never heard you refer to yourself as Sammy. Actually, now that I think about it, there's a a very core group of people that knew me over in Britain that call me Sammy, and nobody okay. else does. Is nobody else. That's like uh, when I was a little kid, and I I went by Tommy, but. Every time, every once in a while, I'll run into somebody who knew me when I was a little kid and not since then, and they call me Tommy, and I'm like, Who the fuck that's are weird, you? man. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah. Oh, see, I know a lot of people like that. Your brother's like that. There was a there was a before and an after when he wanted to be very similarly, and I, I don't want to put his name out there, but he was known with like the Y at the end of his name, and then one day he decided that he wouldn't be. Um, oh, yeah. I still call him with the Y at the end. I, I do it when I want to annoy him. It has been a while. <laughs> maybe, maybe I didn't I'll, know it annoyed him. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it does. I mean, this was, I'm talking about definitively in high school. He decided it bothered him one day. It's been many years since then. Um, I've never had that. Call me Sammy. Call me Sam. Call me Samuel. The only thing I'm weird about is that if it's written, like if it's on a name tag or on an office door or whatever, I want it to say Samuel. And okay, I don't, fair. I can't justify that. I don't care what you call me, but for some reason, if it's written down, I want the full Samuel. With the full Bible treatment. Yeah. If like one of First and second Samuel. If I get a name tag and it says Sam, I'm I'm anal enough about it that I'll send it back and ask for a new one. I've gotten some weird books. <laughs> See your name. When I was working still working the office job, uh, I worked for a contracting company first and then I got hired on as an employee 
as an employee at this company. And uh, when you're onboarding, they give you the option to uh, change your preferred name. Mm -hmm. And I went from Thomas to Tom, or at least I submitted the ticket for that to happen. But the only place that it changed was in the ticketing platform I had previously been using as an IT person and not anywhere else. So in Teams, my email address, everything remained Thomas. So I still had, like, people would... Do you like Thomas or Tom? You know how many times I've heard that freaking question yeah, in my life? Me too. <laughs> it's just like I don't care really, but just whatever you feel like. I I yeah, I and I I never get mad about it because it's just people trying to be courteous, right? But I would love to meet the person that like I I've asked people like it's become a joke cuz it happens so often when people are like, "Do you want Samuel or Sam? What can we call you?" And I, every time I'm like, do you really want to meet the person that's going to, like, throw a table if you call them the wrong version of the same name? <laughs> right. like, it's like if you go to a restaurant and they ask if, like, if you say you want a Coke and they say, do you want a Pepsi? Or is Pepsi okay? It's like, who's going to say, nah, man. <laughs> me. That's not okay. Screw that. Where do your me. parents live? I mean, I won't get mad, but I'll say, no, I'll, I'll take a water. <laughs> I, I don't drink Pepsi. You'd rather drink water than Pepsi? I really don't really? like Pepsi, except for cherry Pepsi. I like I like a, I like okay. a cherry Pepsi. Wild cherry Pepsi. What about Crystal Good Pepsi? old 90s. Huh? Crystal Pepsi is garbage. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> I want the carcinogenic dyes. That's what gives it the flavor. Now, my favorite Pepsi was a was an early thousands classic called Pepsi Blue, and that was delicious. Oh, I remember Pepsi Blue. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember. I had one on my I shelf. I don't remember. I had one on my shelf that I kid you not I was saving for my wedding night. My plan was I, I wish that I was kidding. Tell me you were raised uh, Christian that's, like that's as so a, romantic. Like, abstinent. My plan was to, you know, pop a cherry and then literally like as soon as I was you know, it, it exploded on the poor girl's stomach five seconds in, I was gonna lay back and unscrew a Pepsi ah, Blue. <laughs> that is that's so, good oh Pepsi my Blue. God, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> It's a true story. Yeah, babe, I've been saving this bottle of Fago cotton candy for <laughs> for just the right moment. <laughs> then uh then one day a girl that I really liked turned me down. We didn't even date. She just said, "No, I'm sorry. I'm not I do not Sam, the date way you. you volunteer information that other people <laughs> would take to their graves is really it's really admirable, I have to say. I think he's getting it all out there before he does something drastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am going to kill myself. <laughs> oh, no. One of these days. I mean, mm. it's it's coming. <laughs> I want my kid in college first, you know. I want to get her over there, but okay. So some, we have a somewhat of a timeline. Yeah, now. some people yeah, okay. look forward to retirement. I look forward to dangling from a rope, just being done. Uh, anyway, Dang, you're not going to go the the old shotgun to the head. No, because you can survive that and just like not oh be able yeah, to eat, that'd like, be pretty bad. Not be able to eat without anything but a tube for the rest of your life. And I, Sam, you know, if that happens to you, I'll kill you. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah, just roll me right into a swimming pool. <laughs> in, a, in a carpet yeah. <laughs> no but anyway before my suicide so anyway this girl uh this girl she um turned me down and so like in a fit i like grabbed the <laughs> i grabbed the pepsi blue and i sat in my wa- my little closet and uh i drank it and i listened to uh john rubin which we'll be talking about later that's why I didn't bring it <laughs> a little tease for I you, listen, uh, so when we're talking about john rubin just picture it in the context of me drinking a pepsi blue that was supposed to be after i lost my virginity listening to jezebel being like i'll never lose it <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i, will never I just listened to that boom. today so all right i can't wait it's fresh in the mind yeah well, what do we got on the docket? What did we cover last? Week? I want to get into What's something left? that I've been wanting to get into, and and it's you know, and it's going to be a turn of things. It's not about me. I don't. For, yes. I want to do something wild, and I want to right. not talk about me. 
We'll see if yes. we'll see if I can handle it. Um, but first, about me for a minute. No. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of people, like when I first got out of the military, they'd ask me, like, what was the army like? And they would ask me that kind of stuff all the time. And I think it's just because there's something inherently interesting about a life experience that a lot of people know exists, but very few actually get to access it, right? Very few actually take the path to do it. So, mm-hmm. I only say that because I find the fact, and we've put it out there publicly, Corey now works for Amazon. And I find that personally as fascinating as anybody who ever asked me anything about the military. I think it's just, it's really cool. Like that is one of the big tech giants of the world. We all know about it. We all know that it exists. And not like, to be clear, Corey, you don't work in like the warehouse. You're not in those terrible conditions where like they won't let you pee or anything like that. Um, so I thought. Well, <laughs> do we know that for sure? Well, I mean, I think he pees in a cup, but I think it's more of like a choice just because he doesn't want to get up. That's fair. I would too. I'd wear a diaper if it wasn't like, uh, you know, ostracized. You know what's funny? Would you wear just like wear a diaper around? There's a level of success where it becomes acceptable. There's like surgeons that will straight cath themselves so that they don't uh, have to pee during like a really long surgery, and we respect that because it's commitment, right? But if I do yeah. that before I watch like the Matrix trilogy, I'm a freak. Yeah, that is weird. And I, Matrix trilogy is pretty long. I'm starting to genuinely suspect we lost Corey. This has been way too long, like, without him inserting a thing. That's true. We might have just That's done. what she said. Are you uh, there, Corey? Nope. He's he, down. Nope. Yeah, I get, I'm guessing we not. We got the message. He's down. He's probably been talking this whole time and didn't realize we couldn't hear him. He just thought we were ignoring him. Well, we were. Let's talk about what he probably does. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, so now let's let's actually make this a little bit more like what people might expect from me, and I'll talk for an hour about what I think it's probably like to work <laughs> on Amazon <laughs> through the context of my own experience. Everything is prime. Everything. Everything. That's, uh, you get a prime lunch break. Your rib, prime. Your optimus, <laughs> prime. Okay. Uh, I'm back. Yeah. I, He's my back. Technical issues. <laughs> okay, uh, Sam, you were talking about me working at Amazon. Yes. Yeah, so I. So like I said, and I think it's a good content. I think a lot of people will find it interesting. If not, then it's probably just not the beginning of the episode for for you. You might want to skip ahead. But I'd love to hear about the process of interviewing. Um, what what starting at Amazon is like. What the culture is like, and. Um, I, and you know, what's do your social this. security number? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and do all this, and and I just have to frame it like this. So usually, I'm a pretty petty person. Usually, I would hate anybody who's had any kind of success because <laughs> I'd feel inadequate. And hearing about you and like your new jet setting adventures across, like you've been traveling a lot and everything like that, you have to understand. Mm-hmm. I'm literally reading about it as I'm sitting against the tub, watching my daughter like poop on a toilet because we're trying, you know, <laughs> to make sure it's going okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I wouldn't trade it. Like I'm not, but it's you just have to understand that by all accounts, I should hate you right now. And actually, <laughs> I've talked about it with other people, and I've been like, but how can you be mad at you? Like, first of all, it's the American dream. You worked hard. You earned a great thing. So props to you. And mm-hmm. two, you're just such a nice guy. It's it's fun to watch you succeed. Well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate so, it. I don't like, know about that. Well, you don't know the real Corey. I don't know He's the real very, Corey. He's very, very abusive. Amazon, I, if you're listening, I'm he fucking... hits me. He hits me. He hits my wife. He hits my dog. <laughs> True. He hits my cats. But he we, pretty much hits everybody he comes in contact with. Everybody yeah, I was going to say. That is true. That is on true. watch. Who hasn't beat a cat every now and again? And drank Just a grab by the tail and whip it against the wall as hard as you physically can. Yeah, so 
uh, I'll talk about it a little <laughs> bit. So, um, so when it comes to beating animals, no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I, I really liked my last job. Um, I really liked the company. I liked the stuff I got to work on. Um, I really liked all my coworkers. I wasn't paid terribly, maybe a little bit underpaid, but it was good, especially for the area. It was pretty good. Um, you know, I really didn't have that much to complain about. Uh, and especially like the position that I was in when I left, I literally probably worked like two hours a day, <laughs> something like that. I definitely didn't do anything. Um, but, uh, I knew w- with COVID having gone on for a little while, um, and tech jobs are so short everywhere that like, it's really not hard to find new work. And so at about, um, the, at about the new year, I think starting in January, um, I, I started applying for a ton of jobs, uh, mostly on LinkedIn. Tesla um, was a big one. You got pretty far along in the Tesla process. I did, too. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was doing I was getting a couple interviews a month until like June when I got the offer from Amazon. So I probably did more than a c I think I, I probably interviewed at like twenty five places, something like that. Holy shit, I didn't um, know. Um and most of them uh, most of them were like, so you do like a call with a recruiter and you talk about you talk about like what your job is now and the kind of things you work on. And then they decide if they're going to refer you to the hiring manager for like a real interview. Um, and then I do like a real interview and then that was it. That was, that was most of them. Um, Tesla, I did get pretty far along in, I did, uh, the meeting with the recruiter and then I did a full interview and then I did a technical interview and then they picked someone else, which I was really bummed about at the time, but I'll say now it, Probably would have actually been really shitty working for Tesla. <laughs> that you got to do the. You got to do this like a like a um like you're in front of a church. You got to be like, and church I was. I gotta tell you, it was the uh, the valley of the shadow. But now I see that God was closing the window. True, and burp, opening burp, the door burp, burp, so that He could open up that door. Burp, the burp, door. Burp, burp. Yep. To the door. that door, Lord. So, um, okay. So the Amazon interview, it's funny because I, I I mean, I did like a billion of them. I feel like this is the most bonkers interview process I've ever heard of. (laughs) So I feel like I got, um, I got pretty far along or not. I'm sorry. I'm trying to like look something up to assist me when I'm talking about this while I'm talking. Um, I got pretty far along in a bunch of interview processes. I did, I did a bunch of interviews. Um, I feel like I got pretty good at interviewing, uh, by the end. And I also felt like I got pretty good at knowing how well I did in an interview. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because at the end of the Amazon one, I was sure it wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't good. I thought it was like, if we're going to do like the rating scale, I thought it was like a minus one or something. Oh, wow. Like, I didn't know I you thought, were unconfident afterwards. I thought it was like, uh, eh, that that was like below average. Do you mind opening up about like the actual like like the yeah, way yeah, the interviews yeah, went? Yeah, so I'm gonna like, yeah, I was I was just gonna I was leading with okay. like oh, I was a little but it, it also I think by design like totally exhausts you. So the the Amazon interview process is called the loop that they make everybody do it. Um it's a straight block of five hours of of interviews. Um one hour uh with one person or one uh, one hour with a different person, uh back to back to back to back to back five hours 
Um, I I had literally no idea about any of this. Uh, I got a phone call from the recruiter that I was working with. Um, before that point, all I had done was just a quick call with her. You know, hey, yeah, you know, like I said before, like you talk about like what you're working on now, like the tools you've used, things you're good at, whatever. And she goes, okay, so uh, we got your interview scheduled for tomorrow. And it was, I didn't know, it was, again, it was five hours straight of interview. Uh, and she tells me that I'm going to want to take notes on what she says in the phone call. I'm like, wait, what? And she gives me like this rundown of, um, of what, uh, what topics each person is going to bring up to me. Um, and they, they, Amazon, like, like any company has like, you know, their values, their corporate values or whatever. Um, and each person, each of the five people was going to ask me uh, to have examples where I exemplified, you know, one of those values or two of those values. Uh, most of them were two. And so like, I got the rundown of like which people were going to ask about which values. And I had to like fucking deep dive like through my memory and on my resume and shit to have those examples handy. I think by the end of it, I, I literally wrote like 500 words or something. Um, just like, no, more than that. I don't know what this is. It's like a couple pages on, or it's like one and a half full pages on Microsoft Word. Um, <laughs> of just notes that I had handy that I had like up the whole time during all the interviews. Um, it's really, really, really brutal because like the people that you're talking to, at least for me, the people that I was talking to, um, and this seems like what like the loop is designed to do. The people that I was talking to weren't going to be the people on the team that I was interviewing for. Um, the last person was the manager of the tree of the team uh, that I was interviewing for. So but they break the, you down. They, they basically yeah, like they the exhaust other, you. So all the BS is indoctrination. Yeah. yeah. The, the other four people um, were like tangential people. So like there was like a server guy, like a sysadmin guy, and there was like a database guy and there was a security guy. And they're all kind of like on the edges of your knowledge and they're grilling you on like really hard specifics on the thing that they're really good at. <laughs> oh, I thought you said they didn't grill you. So they they literally like they raked well, you over the coals, so huh? They but it was they knew what they were doing and they knew that that was the purpose and they were all super like non-confrontational about like you know they're they're just they're kind of testing the testing my edges, right? To try to figure out where where the where the limits of my stuff is, if that makes sense. Yeah. It wasn't like like drill sergeant like grilling. But it was like it was really hard questions on stuff that I wasn't super familiar with, and then we'd like go as deep as we could until I didn't know any. Until I said I don't know, <laughs> and then so is it literally like you thing. encounter this problem? What, what's the fix in this piece of code? Like, is it like um, that? It, yeah, it would be like um, uh, there were a couple things presented, like you know, like you have this problem to fix. What are you going to do? Um, there might be more academic questions, like. Uh, you know, could you basic, could you explain like in really basic terms, like how encryption works? Um, or there was one, like, there was like a live coding thing, like a coding challenge for a script that detects, uh, certain types of Java files on hard drives. You had to do that while they're like live while they were interviewing you. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of them. Dude, this is even more hardcore than I thought. I'm glad that we opened this up. I thought, like, so I guess you're just a humble guy. I, I knew that it had been really long. That but was I the one you had thing said that, that I knew it had that been I, too intense. That like, was the one thing that I knew that I nailed was the coding challenge because, like, that was something. Uh, it was in PowerShell, which I'm super, super, super comfortable in. I feel like I could do pretty much anything in on the spot. Um, and the thing they wanted to do wasn't that hard. I feel like I was like way above expectations on that one. 
I thought, I thought that one went really well. Um, I think the first interview was with a security guy. Um, that one didn't go that well. <laughs> I felt like it didn't because uh, I, I'm like, I'm not that, you know, I'm not a security person. I don't know a whole lot uh, about like super specific stuff about like, um, you know, like key exchanges and like SSL decryption and like a bunch of crazy stuff that I, I just don't know anything about. Well, it's actually not that crazy, but I just don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess, and this is probably just um, confirmation bias because, you know, I wound up getting hired. Uh, if I didn't get hired, I might be really, really salty about how, irre not irrelevant, but how um, how a lot of the, the questions weren't related to my skill set or the role, if that makes sense. Yeah, but absolutely. like, But from the perspective of somebody who got hired, I'm like, oh, yeah, it was really cool. You know, like, I, they, I think they did a really good job of, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's easy There's for There's a hundred other guys out there super pissier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's that one's hard to say. Um, it was absolutely mentally fucking exhausting, though. I, like, totally destroyed. I, I, I'm trying to think of an equivalent would maybe be, like, like finals week or something. You know, like like the the end of the day when you just did your fourth final or something it was kind of like that sure um, it was really 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 brutal. were you nervous going into it like were you like anxious like did you sleep well the night before was I there slept a lot well of the anxiety before, about it or? i was nervous for the first one uh you I, I i'm not gonna say you can't i can't stay anxious for five hours i just can't do it mm -hmm. um uh, i was i was nervous for maybe like the first 20 30 minutes of the first <laughs> i was one. gonna say baby i call that a tuesday <laughs> <laughs> I was I was pretty anxious for the first one, especially because I felt like I was drowning a little bit in stuff that I didn't know a lot about. Um, but but yeah, I feel like I settled into it, uh, and you know was I was I was taking things as they were coming pretty well. By the end of it, I by the by the last one, I was feeling pretty loopy, um, and I don't know. I I was like, I don't want to say saying irrelevant shit. Maybe I was really self. Maybe I was really tired, and I was really self conscious about all the things I was saying. I don't know. I just I was not. I, I was not in a good headspace about the last interview because it just felt I was so like groggy, like punch even in the last interview were they grilling you, or was that one more of a personality one? That one was more. That was with the manager. Yeah, um, that's why I'm wondering. As, yeah, that one seemed more of a personality one. Sure. Um, because my yeah, guess is that, that you literally they they intentionally stress you out. They intentionally exhaust you. In in that space, they make sure that you're competent in your skill set, and then at the end, it's literally just, "Will you be a douchebag to work with?" That's <laughs> that was my theory. Yeah. So, like, have you? I know it's really early on still yet, but have you talked to any at all with your manager about the interview process, like post having done it and gotten the job? Um. No. So, it turns out my hiring manager that was her first interview. Yeah. Uh, because she oh, okay. she was well in like as an Amazon employee. So the company so I work for Whole Foods in Amazon. Um not every Whole Foods employee is an Amazon employee right now, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um all of the new hires are Amazon employees. Um but there's a lot of people who are, are still Whole Foods employees. Um, being migrated over to being Amazon employees, if that makes sense. Um, and the people, uh, those people can't do any interviews or something for Amazon because they don't work for Amazon, right? And I think okay. she had just finished her conversion to being an Amazon employee. And then I was her first interview for Amazon. That's interesting. Um, when did Amazon... It was a while. It was 2017. It was a while ago. Yeah, so they're now just... 
Yeah, I know. Getting uh, the last remnants of people over. From like an HR perspective, yeah, it seems, I guess I don't know what goes into it, but if it's taken this long, it must have been a huge effort to, to, to start getting people moved over. Um, uh, some some people are having to re-interview for their own jobs. Oh no! Which is for really five shitty. hours. I don't know. Like yeah, that scene in Office Space with the Bobs. Yep. Yeah, yep. The one guy. I the would I'm be a people person. <laughs> I would be pretty salty if that was me, especially because the interviews are so brutal. Yeah. Um, if it was if it was any other company, it almost seems like having to re-interview would almost be just like a formality or whatever. But like the fuck. Yeah, just the, like hey Jim. Hey, Bob. Yeah, but like the full fucking gambit. Oh my god, that sounds so bad. I'd be, I'd be mad if that was me. You think even like cashiers have to go through like a five-hour interview process? <laughs> the whole food cashier. <laughs> They're like, you have somebody comes in wants to pay with yen, and we have an on-the-spot currency transition specialist. What are you giving them back in change? Seven thousand yen for one packet of Lay's crisps. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sounds brutal. No, but dude, that's that's crazy. So first of all, way more intense than you made it sound like when we'd initially talked about it. And it just, it skyrockets the respect I have for you. I mean, do you have an idea how many people you were against for the position? Do you have any idea? I really that? couldn't say. You don't. Okay. Um, probably a lot. Should have lied and said hundreds. Just make yourself, just make <laughs> seven, yourself the big dick of the, the block. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea. It, it probably honestly was a lot um, just because they're, they have a lot of positions open. They're really trying to hire um i you know i'm i'm just totally speculating i really don't know uh i would sure. imagine amazon gets a lot of interviews for every position they have open how many of those people are actually qualified or get to interviews i have no idea one day it'd be very interesting to find out that if it was like a uh progression system where everybody you interviewed with either gave like a yay or a nay and if at any point you got a nay they just stopped the interview process uh apparently from what i heard the people doing the interviews don't and can't communicate they don't even know who each other are until oh, all really? the interviews are done, and then they, they all talk to each other. Do they submit like thought? Oh, they so after it all, then they get together and they talk. Yeah, so they take notes on like the shit that I say during my interview, um, and then at the oh. end they all talk to each other. Uh, they, so none of them know who each other are while the interviews are going on. So they can't like message each other and be like, "This." Yeah, guy's they a couldn't be like, "Woof, this guy," and then, they let like, everybody I'm, make their own. Yeah, they're like poisoning the well, like before I even yeah. talk to somebody. Yeah, that that doesn't happen. See now, it's so it's so. I think I find it especially so fascinating because right now nursing in my career field, we are uh, desperately, we're the shortest we've like ever been as yeah. the boomers all retire. Right now, the interview process for just about any job that I would <laughs> go for would be, uh, they would hold a finger up to my neck, make sure there was a pulse. And then... <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's very little, I don't know how to explain it. There's, it never feels, there's a victory in overcoming something like what you've overcome. And that's got to feel like it. Do you feel? Do you walk a little taller? Do you feel a little? I, I, hundred percent. Honestly, yeah, I do. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I feel, I feel really, really, really good about it, and I feel yeah, insanely lucky. Yeah, you've done something elite, and you've you've handled it really well. Some people. So, a couple interesting things, and you know, if you don't want, I'm gonna put out a little business, but not a lot. Yeah. You are the second person I know. So, so first of all, I'm not gonna throw out your salary or anything like that. But as a sure. leader in my field, you're making almost double what I make. Okay. Not quite, but almost. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and it's easily in the six figures. Are we okay putting that out there? Yeah, can that's we, fair. Can we say yep. that? Okay. You are the second person I know to cross that threshold. Uh, unless, Tom, you do secretly. I don't know. Uh, of everybody who's open, who have ever openly <laughs> talked about what you make, uh, I don't want to assume anything. Of You're the second person. And, and I happen to have one other friend who's gotten obscenely wealthy uh, selling insurance. 
And, well, I shouldn't say obscenely. I don't really know. We haven't actually talked in years. I would assume it's only continued on the trajectory it was. But in any case, so the, for me, the clear divide is like that six-figure mark. I've always wanted to make six figures personally. I've never quite gotten there, mm-hmm. mostly because I, you know, stick with things for three months and <laughs> move on. <laughs> uh, so definitely not a woe is me kind of thing. But something very interesting about the both of you is you did it without like official college degrees. Like you did not do it the way we were told coming up that you had to do it. Instead, you found a skill, be it sales or, or, or on the technical side, you put in the work, you got very good at it, and you took advantage of situations to progress yourself to a place where you could be very comfortable. Um, yeah, so I'll say career track-wise, um, getting a degree definitely would have helped me. Um, uh, it doesn't. It wouldn't have meant that I... It wouldn't mean that I wouldn't have had to put in the work. Um, and if I'd done all the same things that I did without a degree, with a degree, I I just would have been able to be where I am that much sooner. Um, especially at my old job, there was like two different times I was promoted where I had to sit around and wait for like a year each time to meet the minimum requirements uh, to be promoted for somebody without a degree, like to, to get like the HR, like minimum recs for, for that position. That happened to me oh, like sure. twice, um, which is really annoying. I know not every company is like that, but a lot of them are. Obviously, uh, Amazon is. Obviously, Amazon puts more stock in your skill and what you can actually yeah that, that's definitely true uh, yeah. but but i but i probably i wouldn't have been able to get that job without the experience from my previous one uh and you know so i'm not i'm not saying like uh, i think there definitely is there's certainly something to the idea that you don't need to get a degree to to be successful you you i i, I don't think you need to do that um especially depending on the field you know for like technology certainly you don't need to um but it doesn't hurt you uh and it wouldn't have hurt me um, and at least in my specific case, like, you know, the super fact dependent case by case for me personally, it probably would have made things a little bit easier. Now here's um, a spicy question. Can I ask a yeah. spicy question? Just sure. a spicy one. So I know nothing about it. I don't hide that. Nothing about it. So I want to ask Tom, cause you Uh-oh. and Tom know a lot about it. Tom is Corey. Like, is he a cut above? Would you say that he is gifted in what he does? Uh, well, okay, so I don't want to. I'm not going to diminish. I'm not the trying to diminish. Well, no, I'm not. Of, I'm not in any way. I'm just. I'm trying to have a base, better understanding. Is is it? Is he a savant in some areas, or because Corey's humble, he'll just be like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm just curious. As somebody, <laughs> an outside who knows a bit of, no, no. well, not even a bit. Somebody who knows as look a me. lot about it. Like, would you say like? <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not saying like trash him or praise him. I'm just wondering, like, would you say that? Say you have a hundred people who know basic IT in a room. Is is Corey better than that most of that pool? Uh, let's see. So I guess I'll just kind of direct this at Corey, since he's here. Um, <laughs> What's up? I'd say you're probably one of the most analytical people I've ever met. As far like, it could be something like as simple as you go above a lot of people I know, where it's like you read a headline and then you go through and analyze every single little thing in a news story i know that doesn't sound related but i think it is Mm -hmm. and i i imagine that you apply that kind of same thinking to work i don't see how you couldn't sure um and i think you've accumulated so much knowledge from um the work you've had in the past obviously and you know you were climbing the ranks at your previous place and it you know i think that made sense to me and i was you know, continually impressed. I, this almost sounds like I'm writing an obituary. But, uh, 
I would say, uh, Sam, to kind of answer your question, the, the way I, I kind of sell myself to recruiters or to other people, um, or what like one of the go-tos in my billion interviews, I have kind of a weird skill stack when it comes to IT. I don't have like, um, to use some like kind of industry job titles. I don't have enough IT experience to be like a full sysadmin, and I don't have like enough programming experience or education to be like a full developer. But I have a good bit of both, and that's not a super common thing um, mm. in IT. Usually, you know, you, people pick those tracks and run down one or the other. Um, and when you do both, um, there's a lot of interesting things you can do uh, with the, with the tools that that people in those roles have available, and like the things that they're responsible for doing. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities there, uh, and that's kind of how uh, I made a name for myself at my old job uh, is doing a lot of those things. And um, yeah, like basically every bullet point on my resume is <laughs> of like accomplishments is one of those things where like um, I was in a unique position to do that thing because I had like this this stack of skills that most people didn't have. So cool. this brings up an interesting thing. I was actually just thinking about this today. Um, how much do you attribute your success to troubleshooting? Um. I want to generally speaking. Okay, I want to say not a lot, mm -hmm. but the truth is, I can't tell if I'm good at troubleshooting or if most people are just really bad at it. Does that make sense? So that's exactly what okay. I'm thinking. Because there's like, because <laughs> like, I you, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say I encounter people just day to day who literally do not have a concept of what troubleshooting is. Yeah, like not even technology. Just like it doesn't work. Well, it's like yeah, it doesn't work, so it will never work. <laughs> Guilty? And, Are we making fun of Sam? <laughs> no. <laughs> I but, feel uh, so seen right now. Hashtag. Like, I think that skill, just raw troubleshooting, obviously is super helpful when you're just obviously you know, I, like a basic IT, like grunt work kind of stuff, like crawling under desks, plugging things in. Like, like mm -hmm. that's your job. You're just there to troubleshoot. Oh, yeah. But that same line of thinking, like not giving up on an issue just because you don't know the answer immediately and then figuring out a way to do something like on your, like on your own, I think like self-learning, I think yeah, is a, is a huge, huge skill that I don't, I don't want to say like people lack. I think it's just underdeveloped. No. And, like, and, and especially in it too, um, there's, um, ah, oh, there's two types of people. Okay. In it, in, in, like within like where the sausage is made, like in IT departments, there's two kinds of people. There's people who are like, oh my God, if I can't figure this out, I'm going to have to ask so-and-so how to do it. And then there's the other t kind of person, which is, I don't know how this works. I'm just going to ask so-and-so how to do it. Right. If, yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, where like, I feel like a piece of shit and I'm not doing my job. If like, and like people are going to notice that I'm a fraud idiot. If I like am asking other people how to do things all the time. That's, I, that's just like the mindset for me. Um, it feels really shitty. And like, if I, if I'm genuinely, you know, I'm not going to like let something crash and burn because I'm just some dumbass, uh, you know, who's like too proud to ask somebody how to do something. But like, that's, that's never going to be like my first, like, I don't want to do that. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think there's definitely not, not a shortage of people who like don't have that compulsion at all. They just like want to not have to deal with the thing. Don't want to think about something even. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. People who want you to do your work do their work for them. So I recently and had I somebody, a number of people like that. I recently, very relevant. I recently had uh, somebody at my job. I'm going to be very, very, I'm not comfortable putting too much of my stuff out there. 
Um, I recently, there was a policy written that the safety officer took care of a specific issue. I was trying to take care of that. And, and the policy is literally bring this to the safety officer. <laughs> I went to the safety officer and I said, hey, I'm supposed to contact you about this. The next day they came into my office. They said, I don't know how to do this. They put down, they printed out the policy. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and in ink, <laughs> in, it, with an ink pen, not even retyping it or editing it, they had scratched oh. out safety officer and not even written my my job title. They had written Sam. <laughs> oh, Sam does this now. Bring it like, to the wait, Sam. Yeah, that's yeah. literally, it was bring it to the Sam. And, and they were just like, this makes more sense, don't you think? And they were dead serious. So... Yeah, so even in my job, there's not a lot of people that really want to try to figure something out. It's very much like a hot potato game. And what you're saying is that one of your big selling points is that you don't try to throw the hot potato. You would rather burn your palms trying to, I don't know, figure out how to not I guess let so, it explode. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. if you say selling point, it makes it seem like that's a really rare thing. There's a ton of really, really good, you know, like of of good people in IT who aren't hot potato throwers. Uh, I just at least would like to think that I'm not one of the hot potato throwers. Sure. No, that's cool. Um, and, and now, of I course. Can, oh, sorry. I was just going to say I can confirm coming from also a corporate background, albeit a while ago now. There are a lot, a lot of hot potato throwers. <laughs> yes. A lot. There that are. just do not want to be bothered or take responsibility for something that they clearly messed up. So they just throw it at someone else and try to like get a gotcha moment. Just for like the easy points, it's very frustrating. I I'm think not, that that's probably common through a lot of corporate jobs. I would imagine. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been feeling it, so I've been dealing with that. I've been in corporate medicine uh, for a long time, and corporately structured medicine, and I've kind of tried to fight that. I've tried to be more like you guys, like somebody who's gonna fix something. But lately, I don't know. It's like I've just been kind of burnt out, and I've been feeling like, what if I just became one of the people that just did that? Same, like just threw it whenever it came to me. And I have to say one huge benefit of this, and hopefully this encourages you, Corey, hearing you talk about your mindset and how it got you places actually has me thinking, all right, maybe I can fight for like another year. <laughs> maybe I can keep actually trying He's at work. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's a reason to. Maybe even if I don't end up, I like to joke around with Corey a lot that I'm going to apply to be a nurse at Amazon, but I can promise you that if I had to do a six-hour interview that grilled <laughs> on medicine <laughs> i wouldn't get past round one they'd be like what's a normal blood glucose and i'd be like there's not sugar in the blood come on now i've seen enough people <laughs> that's believe. a trick question <laughs> yeah get over that cc's uh, doctor on email yeah tell the doctor that's the answer to every question <laughs> get the doctor um so uh so yeah thank you for that and and so the big question now is um obviously you're not gonna like I don't know. You're not going to defame or, or anything like that, but are you, is it good? Are you liking Amazon? Are you happy there? What would you, what would you rate, yeah, the, I mean, what would I you was, rate it at? So I was really nervous going in because uh, I mean, all of like the Fang, like the, the tech companies have reputations for being, for at least for tech workers and probably in general uh, for being like real meat grinders. Uh, like going to take you forever. Like, like they're going to ride you like a rented mule. Uh, and you're going to take it because you're getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> but it's probably not something you're going to do for a really long time. Um, I I was nervous about that. I was, like, mentally prepared. Like, okay, yeah, like, I'm ready for the meat grinder. I can I can be miserable for a I can do, like, 60-hour work weeks for a year or two and get paid and then leave. I'm fine with that. But, I like, the anxiety of, like, I just want to know. Like, I, if it's going to be like that, I just want to know. That's it. Uh, 
And so it was pretty. <laughs> I was nervous about about that for a while. Um, but it honestly seems super chill. Like everybody seems super nice. It's not like, um, like very collaborative like work culture, uh, which I am a huge fan of. I I don't like the like toxic one up, like corporate like, uh, the like the the golems who just like want to get credit for their their idea and don't care about like doing things well or working with people or whatever. Um, it doesn't seem like that at all. Like the workload is super reasonable. Uh, I I I it's I feel like insanely lucky. It seems like a really cool place. Yeah, and uh, and we'll be tracking you. We'll be tracking your progress and seeing if Go you become a douche. Go to CoreyTracker dot True. Yeah. We'll be assigning you a his, douche his index. His movements, his address, and more. And I am I'm genuinely curious because the last friend I know, uh, and there were a lot of factors to this that started making the kind of money you're making. They did kind of. Sh- they they definitely there was a separation. There was like. It was like uh, cream curdling away from the, uh, the 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 rest of the part of the milk you throw away. So I'm curious to see if that kind of happens over time here. You say you'll always have time for the boys. I'm <laughs> curious to see. But what he means is always have time for the golf club. Am I yeah, right? Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've you've handled it really well. And once again, just congratulations. It's not like you didn't earn it. And yeah. I thank you. I, I really do appreciate and, that. Yeah. Thanks I, for yeah, talking about it. Like been I can't. Time. I would usually be, you know, I I have an ego the size of the universe, man. Usually I would be taking it very personally that you happened to have a good day. And I'm honestly just happy for you. It's really easy for me to be happy for you. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. I'm glad yeah. I'm bringing out the best in you. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Some I'm glad I'm not listening to the worst in you. How about that? I don't use my hatred of you to fuel my, uh, my ambitions. <laughs> okay, fair. Spite ambitions. Uh, no I revenge plans. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah you're good. You can take a piss. All right. Don't say anything inflammatory about me. I edit this. I'll yeah, know. You'll hear it. That's true. You're the only person that listens to it. It's true. <laughs> it's just about eleven times <laughs> in a just, row. It's just. I'll be back. Downloads it. Deletes it. Downloads it. Deletes it. I won't lie. I've thought about it. I've thought like, what if I just downloaded it like fifty times one one month? I wonder if like, the website is smart enough to be like this same guy downloaded it twenty times. I'm not counting that. I don't know. I've never done it. Maybe but it I've is. Thought, I've I don't thought know. about it a bunch of times when like we were down to like six. Yeah, <laughs> we were down the dark to like six days. Downloads. I was like, what if I just downloaded this a hundred times? What if I just devoted a night to clicking it on and off? It's <laughs> just all fucking day. Yeah. Listen, you do what you got to do for the boys, okay? Yeah, then you find out that it's just too much work to even do that. You know, eh. The same, the same, uh, the same passive malaise that keeps people from listening to this is the same kind that keeps me from wanting to download it a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, man! What? So, what, what should we what should we say about Tom while he's gone? Um, he's it's like when the adults leave the room and you can just run rampant. Yeah, true. Uh, what can we say about Tom? I haven't visited. Oh wait, no, I don't know how much room I want to say. Never mind. <laughs> no, I haven't I'm visited curious. the place since he started working there. Oh sure. Have Should you been there before? The city soon. Yeah, I've been there yeah. a few times. Well, your plan is to move down to the cities, I would assume, and to reunite. Isn't that kind of what you're thinking? Uh, I'll I'll definitely be moving. I'm not quite sure yeah. where yet. Oh really? Are you thinking like away from the north? Are you trying to go south like that far? I'm thinking. Like... I don't know. I'm uh, I'm thinking about it. I suppose uh, you've been traveling. You've been seeing some places. You're probably. I have been. Yeah, and I have I have like other friends like kind of around too, like internet friends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like kind of all over the place. So like, yeah, I went to Atlanta, had a good time. I went to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is oh, fucking cool. That place is really actually genuinely cool. Pittsburgh? What'd you do in Pittsburgh? That was good. That was so good. Uh, I just I have friends there. Uh, just chilling, visiting, doing like right, lame touristy stuff. Now. Okay, Tom has the tiniest dick. Seriously. Oh, hey! Hey, wait a oh, minute! Oh, shit, he got us. Ah, caught yet. Oh, shucks. Ah, dang it. But it's true. Almost got away with it. <laughs> I actually have the Guinness World Records for smallest penis. Well, that's just because they haven't seen mine yet. <laughs> it's like a WrestleMania thing. <laughs> yeah, Keep stepping yeah, out of yeah. the shadows. You think you've got a tiny dick? It was dick? me, Austin. I've always had the tiniest dick. Oh, can we talk about that? Actually, now yeah, that sparked I, my memory. Sure, yeah, for wrestling. I can't wait to yeah, find out wrestling. tiny dicks. Oh, I thought we were gonna talk about dicks. Oh, oh man, as soon as you said, uh, wrestling, I wanted, I, I wanted to talk about the. Tangent. I wanted to talk about the male Vince reproductive. Man has engine. retired. Oh, wait, did he actually? Is like for He's real? Real? Done. Hasn't yes. he like? Okay, this is like a real retirement, not like a storyline retirement. Yeah, because of like the sexual harassment allegations. What, you mean Vince McMahon has a problem with how he treats women? <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy. No. A huge no stretch shot. of the imagination. I don't believe it. So, yeah, he's gone. Damn. The guy that everybody assumed would never die and continue to make WWE the worst thing ever. I would have thought he was uncancelable, honestly. That guy's like, his blood is acid. That guy's so toxic. Is that <laughs> the guy with the douchey face like that comes up whenever wrestling? Like, the... I don't know who Vince McMahon. Let me Google him and see if and yeah, you'll, you you know, recognize yeah. him. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, I've seen him. Is it spelled McMahon? Mahan? McMahon. Yep. Oh yeah, in, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. The douchey-faced yeah. guy. Yeah, yes. yeah, that guy. Yes. He's been around forever. Sure. And he's not changed anything about wrestling, despite everything else around him changing. And he's got a little rat face. Absolute ass who's gonna t- do we know who's taking over is wrestling place? gonna go woke so, now then is it gonna go triple like- h is head of creative so okay. the good news is when triple h was in charge of nxt it was actually good <laughs> and then as soon as he left it started sucking but so now he's in charge of the whole shebang it sounds like from the creative standpoint do so we I, know i'm hopeful like, the politics of how like triple h was <laughs> this guy who was like like the like who in the '90s was like the stereotypical meathead, like how he yeah. politics his way into the position of, I think being in charge. He or just like, didn't like, die from the steroids, right? He's just yeah, the only one like, left. Like how did he climb the ladder in the Game of Thrones? It's like a Highlander Basically, situation where there can be only one. He just survived. <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's probably partly true. Actually, I think the uh, I think it was mostly painkillers that was killing everybody, Sam, and not the not the yeah, roids. that's true. Or cocaine. Or I cocaine. promise it was. <laughs> it was. It was all of that to the heart. Now I don't pull the nurse yeah. card off, yeah. but all of that. I'm pretty sure none of that is heart. good for your, your corner. Yeah, it was probably no one factor in the time frame, but all of them in one very short lifetime <laughs> probably did it. No, nah, but I I think uh, the way he survived as long as he I think uh, like Vince McMahon being the kind of interesting fellow he like values loyalty above all else and like hard workers even though they're like in the shittiest possible situation and i think he just stuck it out honestly and he just like said yes sir at the right times and then when he had opportunities to disagree he would disagree and, and he, i think he just so he, he just, just survived like, i think honestly. so he just placated vince longer and better than everybody else Yes, but there's okay. like glimpses of him actually knowing what he's doing. Okay, like uh, like the aforementioned him running NXT. It was like actually a very good show for a while. Yeah, so like he 
isn't the same ilk as Vince McMahon, who was like, we're still in a carnival. This is all just a circus mentality. Uh, this guy's like, no, it's a little different than that. This is what people expect. We're going to give it to him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what made AEW so successful. Is like they just roll with it. They're like, we know what wrestling is. Everybody knows what wrestling is. We're just going to treat it like what it actually is, which is like a huge spectacle that's fun to watch and just like ridiculous and entertaining. I hope it gets a little woke. I hope you have like the Emancipator. That would actually <laughs> be so. If you, if we could have like, um, well, it went the opposite direction in the eighties. Why not just go the full yeah. other direction? If it was now? like, if it was like like woke wrestling, we get to yeah. figure out like which which intersectional group is the wokest by like which one is is stronger than all the other ones. We would, like, make, we make them I tear all... you apart on that stage. I <laughs> just have one question. <laughs> make them all. What are each other? your pronouns? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone cheers. Uh, that would that would be they're... good television. Unironically, it I wonder would. if I could be the first woke wrestler. I know I'd, I'd have to bulk up a like little PC bit. Like PC principal, could... but like yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That would be sick as fuck. I'm not gonna. I would watch that. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect your culture, but I am going to dominate you in a way that will have you remembering your ancestors' pain. The first the, that doesn't harken back to slavery. The first pay per view will literally be the Oppression Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. No, but I thought that was crazy when I read that. I was like, I actually don't. Believe that is that. crazy. This, is, yeah. this has got to be some kayfabe, like crazy. Who? <laughs> he's gonna come out with a black cloak again. He's gonna be like, it was me, Austin. Round two. <laughs> who? I want to know who in like WWE corporate. I didn't think anybody would give a fuck about the sexual harassment stuff. That's like that's that's on brand. That's like priced in. Like, I feel like I feel I thought I would have thought nobody would care. Yeah, I mean, the guy that was. That was like Crazy. when I heard that NASCAR <laughs> wouldn't let anybody hang the Confederate flag at their events. I was like, really? <laughs> like, really? Is that true? I, I kind of just assumed that, you know, there are places where the rules don't apply. There are black holes to the uh, developing moral uh, morality, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, NASCAR and, and Confederate flags are one, I guess, is kind of a similar thing. I don't follow wrestling. Like I said, I, I'm a Hulk Hogan fan. Uh, I would get Hulk Hogan's face tattooed on my butt, but I don't know anything about <laughs> wrestling these days. Are you sure he said the N word? True. No, very, very he did? publicly. Yes, very oh, publicly. Man, are we sure he's not black? Because he's always. I I assume that he he's was just like very. He's very spray tanned, <laughs> Sam. There's a difference. I always thought he was just a, a subspecies of like sentient beef. He's jerky. Florida human, so I don't know where that falls <laughs> yeah. in the intersectionality chart. But. True, that's true. He like he's he is Florida man. man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I got to cancel that tattoo then. He's kind of like, um, you know, the Beverly Hillbilly is like Hicks and they like come into a bunch of money and like that's the whole show. I feel like mm-hmm. that's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. The, be- the Beverly Hillbillies. He's like, but the only but, thing but is like, he was but like, it's Florida man instead of like a bunch of Hicks. He was like national icon. Like he was. He was a big yeah, he deal. Was. Like he was the, enormous. Ba- the guy that everybody knew. I will say this. If you think anybody was writing that that star, that fame star in the 80s and 90s and didn't say the N-word, you are you are, you are in open denial. Cause I don't anybody think, alive in the 80s said the N-word. It's just I true. like talking to my niece because, like, so, for example, one of my favorite examples is, sorry, I just was redundant there. But one of the things I, I love talking about, because she is part of the new world. Like, even, it's too much for me sometimes, like, how sensitive and everything you have to be all the time. 
Um, and I love talking to her about when I grew up versus when she grew up. And like, do you remember basketball? Did it, were either of you in sports? Did either of you play yeah. basketball? Yeah. I okay. So like just the fact that you used to have to run to every line and you'd call that a suicide. Yeah. 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 So they'd be like, Hey kids, go do suicides. Like yeah. that is unthinkable these days. I didn't think like about I that, told yeah. that to my niece and like, she like straight up gasped and was like, what? That's like, but they all like also when you went to like DQ and you wanted every flavor of the slushy mixed together, that was also called a suicide. Yeah. Because we were really you, you cool could literally about just go up to a restaurant and be like, I want a suicide, and they yeah. would know exactly what you're talking about. And they'd about. shoot you well, in it's, the it's, face. It's, yeah, and... it's contextual. It's like, yeah. you know, what what is the word? Um, It's kind of like the same. It's like, what is the the word in grammar for like two words that sound the same but mean different things? It's like that. It's like, yeah, I'm using the same word, but they're like, you know, it's like mapping onto something else, like in this context. Like, you know, yeah. like it's called a suicide, but only in that it like is something that's miserable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's not like. Yeah, I don't know. You don't need to read too much. That only it. a suicidal person could enjoy. Yeah. My point is, is don't put anybody up on a pedestal from the 80s and 90s because I we were pretty loosey goosey with things like the N word. That's where the if something's a, a world renowned joke now, it's because it's born out of the context of when it was way more acceptable, right? Like the reason sure. it's so funny, like to have a white guy like in every skit that you ever see now it's like the white guy rapping and every black guy makes sure he doesn't say the n-word in the rap song right it's because back in the time frame of all the people who write those jokes now there were a lot of white people saying the n-word and it was usually as an insult and uh i'm glad that we're past that don't get me wrong i'm not defending it i'm just saying that like if you're waiting for your Hulk Hogan, the Hulk Hogan in your life and you're hoping that they didn't say the n-word i'm gonna cut right to the chase and say that they absolutely did a lot and probably a yeah. lot worse. Yep. Because it just wasn't what it is now. It just wasn't. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I was going to say, like, historical context is a huge part of it. I'm not saying anything that happened back then that was so egregious as, like, outright racial epithets was yeah. okay in any way. Yeah, I'm not defending. It was like, all, they're a product <laughs> of their time. And you, you can't, I don't think you can judge, like, an Andrew Jackson or something by today's to standards. To 2022 right? t- standards, yeah. 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 I don't think that's yeah. fair. To like, be clear, I'm not saying like, hey, it's just the N word. We should all be saying it. Like, that's not what I'm. I'm just saying that like, oh, I got a pass. <laughs> the idea that in the <laughs> '80s, like, it would be impossible, like that that was unspeakable. No, it really. Back in the '80s, it wasn't. Should it have been? Probably, but uh, yes, it was. But no, it was. It just wasn't what it is now. Yep, agreed. So Sam pro N word, kind of weird. Move on, moving on. Yeah, we'll pass that along to the uh, NSA. Well, actually, they already have it. I understand. Yeah. That's the only N word I care about. The NSA. The <laughs> Not the NWA. No. The NSA. Why uh, would you very, even say that? It's that's pretty clever. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> it works on a couple levels. Anyway, what else do we have to uh, talk Sam, about, guys? Yeah. Tootsie Rolls. Tell me about them. Oh, I think so you this Tootsie is... Pops, by the way. Yeah, it, I did. This is a very... <laughs> If you ever want to know, I, I think I, I put this specifically on there because it, was, it wasn't it was so much about what I was thinking about. It was the fact that, that what time was that at? It was really early in the morning. Uh, I can't see exactly. I woke up. I woke up on July 1st at probably like 3.30 in the morning. I was like startled awake in a cold sweat. And this was the question in my mind is that the Tootsie Pop commercials where they're like, how many licks does it take to get to the center? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And my question the owl. was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's my question. Could you lick to the center of a baby's brain through their soft spot? And on how the, many licks would that take? Right? Yeah. 
hmm. where their skull has been fully developed. You'd probably look through that, right? Well, I don't know. I think this like skin is, you know, it's it's flexible. I don't know if there'd be enough tension from a lick on skin to cause any sort of degradation. Over. Well, no, because it's like Chinese water torture. I mean, Chinese water tor- that that drop will will destroy your skin. Wouldn't it? Okay, what's softer, your tongue or the soft spot? Like, which one would break first? These are things we just don't know. <laughs> this is That's why. True. This is why I am on the frontiers of science, asking the questions that people are too afraid to think about. Yes. No, the soft spot of a baby or the tongue? We need to know. Because how can we evolve and be better if we're not knowing our weaknesses? If I don't know this uh, answer, Humanity I don't know if I can't can function evolve. as a... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think society can function as a whole. <laughs> how, what, and, and like really going into it, because I've had time to think about it now. <laughs> All right. What an awful, what an awful victory line. What a, what an awful like <laughs> victory rope. You know how like when you run a marathon, you you break the tape and you've gotten past the the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Like when that baby skull pops and like the you're licking the brain. That's gonna be like not very pleasant. You're well, gonna be like, really like I did it. <laughs> you ever have cow's brain? Maybe human brain is like that squared. Who knows? I've actually never had. Have brain. you had cow's brain? Have you eaten no, brain? I haven't. Why the fuck would I eat a cow's brain? You, uh, you said it like <laughs> when you have cow's brain. I thought somebody I has. Somebody out in the world has. It exists. You can buy it at like a butcher shop. Oh yeah, it's a delicacy. People defend it like it's a delicious treat. I just think of that, uh, you know, the Temple of Doom. Indiana yeah, that's Jones, what I think about too. Where they pull a little skull off the monkey and they're like, hmm, "Eat the monkey brain." <laughs> the Starship Troopers. The Starship Troopers. When the bug sucks the brains out of people and it looks like gooey popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I have a confession. I've never seen Starship Troopers. Oh my god, dude! You haven't? Nope. Never. Really? Not once. Right. I genuinely well, next, think you would like it. I really yeah, think next you would time you're down, like let's watch it. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't not watched it because I, I I thought I wouldn't like it. I just <laughs> I've just never watched it. It's. Like I think it is the, the perfect most... movies. I think it's literally my favorite movie of all time. Oh shit! It's such a great satire. Like uh, the, well, I can't remember the director's name. What the hell is that guy's Mill name? Mill Brooks. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Mel Brooks. Uh, he did RoboCop too. What the hell is that guy's name? RoboCop. Director. It's Paul Ver- Verhoeven. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven. He does like this excellent, uh, sat- like Starship Troopers, like an excellent satire of fascism, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. I can't speak to that. But the movie. Oh, I didn't even know it was an adaptation. Oh yeah, I've read the book and and seen the movie. The movie, so like, this is a true story. Paul Verhoeven, uh, he he read the book and hated it, and made and while he was developing the movie. So the movie is not like the book at all, except that they're like Starship Troopers. The book kind of defends fascism. <laughs> uh, it actually yeah. kind of yeah, it's pretty pro pro military complex, um, whereas opposed to the movie is very much obviously a satire of it, making fun. Yeah. Of it. There's a lot, man. You actually, you gotta watch. Maybe we should talk about that on the podcast sometime. Like, just we should all just rewatch it and talk about it because that movie is like really interesting, and there's a lot of uh, stuff to talk about that I think is very interesting and funny. It's a very funny movie. It's not. It's presented like uh, like a uh, you know, like either a concurrent or just after World War II American 
Hollywood, uh, like John Wayne, World War II. Yeah, it's II propaganda. Movie. It's literally yeah. propaganda. Yeah, so like that's that's what it's taking on, and it's like it's all so earnest and like half, like almost happy. Like the <laughs> what's the line when they have like the mother brain thing? Uh, She's afraid. Yeah, he's afraid. <laughs> that is like one it's of the afraid. funny fucking. And then everyone cheer. starts cheering. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Can I? Okay, this is like kind of related because Sam said like military industrial complex. Um, I've always, I don't know why, I don't know when this brain meme worked its way into my head. I always just took for granted that that was a thing. Uh-huh. I googled this like two weeks ago or something. I thought this was hilarious. Yeah. Okay, this is gonna be. I'm going to send a couple of visual aids here, okay? Uh, but, All like, right. I want you to imagine, for the folks at home, this is like a stock, like a heat map. It's like the whole economy broken down by sector and companies. This uh, is a great example of your analytical listen, brain. Okay. That's yeah, what talking about. Size, just, by who the, way. Of this? the size of the square... <laughs> uh, I just found this on the internet. The size of the square like is represented by yeah, the market cap of the company. Okay. This is a second picture. That tiny little yellow square is aerospace and defense. Are those people really dictating like the entire like when we go to war and where we go and how long we stay? Do I, is that actually They definitely <laughs> have a good, believable? good say in it. Well, I think they yeah. profit. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously but, they but profit, the, but like But war is I've, so much worse for the rest of the economy. If like I feel like if companies could just spend money to determine when we go to war, we'd have like like Walmart executives would be like hiring hitmen to kill Boeing executives. Mm. <laughs> There's no way, right? I you just know, now that, that I seems see the crazy. data in front of me, that all does seem a little. Silly. I always just assumed it was true, but I feel like it just can't be true. <laughs> I mean, like, but also you got to think. I might be missing something. Like I'm, one uh, of the big, like, look at the biggest squares. You got Microsoft, Google, Amazon. What, yeah. What's their valuation right now? Oh God, trillions. Yeah, exactly, trillions. Like uh, an unimaginable amount of money. Like that square is mm, like RTX. That's probably about, I don't know, an eighth of Amazon. That's still a fucking true. That, so yeah, that's, much that's money. Raytheon. Yeah. So like, it's not like after a certain dollar amount, I think money just turns into fun money, where it's just like it's not even a thing anymore. It's just like a number you keep track of, like because there's no it's just like a ticker. Yeah, it's like, like a what, meme. What is there to compare that value against that is purchasable, or you can exchange that amount of money for in any reasonable capacity? There's nothing that costs trillions of dollars, right? <laughs> like that would be like government my, economies. My, my undying love costs trillions like, of dollars. That's like GDPs of like small countries. Yeah, yeah. Maybe well, speaking of GDP countries. of small countries, I think it's time to uh, take a break for our first ad read. Oh shit! Oh, yeah, Corey, and I've we got, got some, I've got uh, it for you here. Yeah, let's I've go. Got it for yeah, you. send me a. Send we me actually we actually bought this time out ourselves though, and I think it's for a good cause though. Okay. Okay. So here I'm sending it over. Of course. To you. All right. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. We are pleased to announce that the, the December Megasode we will officially be coming to the end of the seventh phase of the talk shop. Yay! <laughs> 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 I just well, that cut out like right away. Well, so it was just, we, yeah! <laughs> we just know you're ready to hear about what's in store for the talk shop phase eight. Over wow! the next, oh my god! Sorry, I missed the second applause hold. Over the next seven months, we'll be dropping 482 movies and 679 miniseries exclusively on the Talk Shop Plus streaming service. So let's take a look <laughs> at some of the incredible films you have to look forward to. On January 7th, 
The Incredible Tom Bomb is exploding back into theaters with the most dangerous adventure yet. Tom Bomb in the terror of the uneven grocery store floor. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I didn't think anybody remembered that. (laughs) Then, Captain Slavic will star in the next stage of his awe-inspiring story. That's right. On January 8th, it's Captain Slavic and the Oh My God, Somebody Asked for No Tomato on the Restaurant Salad. (laughs) these are some deep cuts oh my god now these two amazing films will be bridged together by a 12 episode television event called sam and what little we were about to film before he quit and started a new job (laughs) now this is only just a taste of what's in store for fans in the coming days what is this all building up to is this a talk shop cinematic universe, perhaps? Now, I'm not supposed to even tell you this, but what the heck. Phase 8 will close out with another team-up of amateur podcasting's greatest heroes. That's right, you guessed it. To close out, we are going to be calling the Beating a Dead Horse Saga. It's the Autismo Tantrums 4, Revenge of the Garbage Man. No way! <laughs> Tom Bomb oh. handle being assigned as the second player in an online game. <laughs> Can no. Cora defeat his <laughs> eternal arch nemesis? The drummer from Slipknot? Which one? The yeah, what's the other one? It's Jory Jordanson. I can't think of the other guy. It's like Jay something. Fuck. I think it was Jory Jordanson in this context. Maybe. I actually can't remember. In the Jay first Weinberg. trilogy it Weinberg, was. that's his yeah. name. Will Sam be able to make it through a casual conversation about politics without becoming embarrassingly embarrassingly overconfident about a topic he's only skimmed the trending section of a Twitter thread about. <gasps> All will be revealed soon. Ah, yeah, shop! Wow. <laughs> Stay tuned. I don't know about you guys, but I got goosebumps. I'm, I have chills. That was the best reveal yet, I think, of the Talk Shop Cinematic Universe. There is a lot. There is a lot of really deep cuts <laughs> that in that. Deep Bravo. cuts. Dude, the restaurant thing, that's like a five-year deep cut or something. <laughs> it also, me not wanting to be <laughs> second player. <laughs> I don't even remember the last time we talked about that. Oh, years, for sure. Sam, well, did no. you, be honest about the research for that ad read. There was no research. That's, I, um, I Damn wanted calling. to. Yeah, just that was just. He's living, in, he's living in 2017. I didn't think they were all that deep cuts. I, I literally, I wrote that right before I hopped on. And whenever I was trying to think of something, I was like, what's the most like, what's the most uh, immediate thing that comes to my head that's like kind of a dig at each of us? And, and like for me, obviously, <laughs> it's the fact that I can't stay employed for five minutes and that I get really, really uh, fired up about politics that I really don't know anything about <laughs> and uh, so on and so forth for everybody else. Yeah, it was good. I will say that I've never once, like, I actually struggled more for Tom coming up with things for you than I did for Corey. I am the perfect human. It's true. <laughs> true. But, and and you want to talk about grudges. The one thing that Corey's ever said that really stuck with me is just the most bizarre and insane opinion is that it's, like, wrong to alter orders at a restaurant. <laughs> I kind of agree with that. <laughs> I think that's so funny. I think that's such an autistic opinion. <laughs> I don't, uh, this is the problem, okay? I don't think it's wrong but it annoys me, and I, I still, after all this time thinking about it, I can't articulate why. But I think it's annoying when people do it. I think, if I may put words in your mouth, when you go to a restaurant and you order something off a menu, it is presented to you in a certain way, and that's the way that it tastes best, presumably. 
or at least that's what the chef's interpretation is. So I think altering it, but I'll, you know what? Now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't know if I agree with it. Because that's basically like putting the chefs in like the god positions. Like, who are you to question Yeah, like the they chef? have like the objective, like, <laughs> yeah, like their taste. They know what the right tastes one. good. That's one of the but, most bizarre hot takes I've just ever heard. Like, I've never heard anybody be like, the, the chefs designed the menu and that's how you should eat it. Damn it. <laughs> I think know. it's worth a try. I think trying the way that it's supposed to be is good. Unless you have like an allergy, obviously. I think maybe, okay, I think maybe this opinion, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the opinion about, like, it's annoying people change menu items is maybe downstream of another opinion, which is I'm I'm skeptical or annoyed by when people don't like certain things. <laughs> Does that like make sense? Like food-related specifically? Yeah, like, or su- like super ubiquitous food items. If it's, now if like someone's pickles. like, if someone's like, I don't like anchovies, it's like, okay, you know, that's kind of funky. That's what we like, I, I get that. Yeah, those aren't even, but someone's I don't like, think you could order a pizza with anchovies if you wanted to anymore. Yeah, but if someone's like, oh, I don't like cheddar cheese, I'm like, what? Like, that's just, like, can I get whatever, can I get the, like, um, I don't know. Could I get the ham and cheese sandwich, but without cheese? It's like, <laughs> like, what are you lactose? No, I just don't like cheese. Like, I think but again, why did I think? Why would that enough. bother you? Why I don't. You it does. I don't know why. I'm not. Listen, I'm not offering explanations here. It just does. <laughs> describing reality. It does yeah. bother me. Well, one thing I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta get this off my chest now. Back in food service. Yeah. Gluten free diets and allergies. I don't. I literally don't believe you if you say you have them. <laughs> Now I have to I say if I, ac- if I actually was gluten intolerant, I'd be fucking partying right now. Because like the new fad of everybody deciding they don't like gluten has to have like twenty X the number of foods that I can buy. Yeah, there were probably like <laughs> oh, two yeah. things you could eat <laughs> it's before it be became insane a thing. Now. Yeah. yeah. You can actually yeah. live <laughs> But like whenever like something comes through and it's like can't be any gluten in it, I'm like, I just I don't I don't believe you. Yeah, <laughs> I literally don't. I'm just gonna put yeah, like true. a. Li- I don't actually do this, but I'll put a little flour in just to see what happens. Yeah, like the well has been poisoned now. It's too. It's too trendy. Yeah, I don't buy yeah. it. It's like when people say they have asthma, and then they start like choking in front of you, and you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, drama queen. <laughs> I have a heart condition, and they go on a roller coaster. And oh yeah, just... you're you're gonna puff your magic air into your mouth, and suddenly they get, be better. They get stung all by right. a bee, and all of a sudden they're yeah. thrusting this weird syringe thing at me. Yeah, they have pointing one at their little... leg. One little yeah. peanut, and suddenly like, it's hey a man, whole ER I've already visit. had one vax. I don't need a booster. <laughs> and Tom, the one, the one, An uh, epic the... pen. I can't read that. <laughs> epic, <laughs> epic pen. Dude, that's the most epic pen I've ever seen. <laughs> the uh, the one player uh, one on multiplayer games. Actually, I didn't remember that we'd ever talked about it. Uh, the The motivation for that was when we played Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl however <laughs> many weeks ago. <laughs> And like we were trying to set up the lobby, and like you were just—don't think I did—I didn't make a big deal out of it at the time because it wasn't worth it. But don't think I didn't notice you were like I had a lobby, and you were like, "Nah, let's just back out and join a new one." And immediately I got an invite to yours. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I know how these things work, and you don't. I'm a genius, True. and everyone else is stupid. True. Uh, you can't be trusted to start your own lobbies. <laughs> Who knows what he would do? It's an insurmountable challenge for your intellect. No. Only I. <laughs> no, but uh, that is, in all seriousness, that is a problem I'm trying to overcome. I am uh, controlling when it comes to video games. I am admitting it here on the podcast first to everybody listening. I have to be player one. I don't. I can't tell you why. 
I just have to. It's the younger sibling syndrome, right? I didn't think it was I like a mystery. So. It's like probably for a lot of your life, you were always handed like the uh, the mad the cats, mad cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you always had, it wasn't even plugged in half the time. And so now you, you've you've become the, the king of your own kingdom and, and nothing but hats off to you. Thank you. And uh, don't ever, don't ever try to be player one when I'm around. Let me tell you. It won't end well. So uh, I'll, I'll go on a little tangent here. My uh, my current life situation, living in a mm-hmm. condemned shithole. <laughs> yeah, so like, are you back in your house now? Or are you still in I'm the at, hotel? I'm at my house, but I'm not in my house, if that makes sense. <laughs> I'm still staying in a hotel. So, oh, okay. Um, so I had an issue with my toilet. The wax seal under my toilet failed. Uh, which mm-hmm. means that for who knows how long, I don't know how long, a long time, um, until it was noticed and looked at, um, the, the toilet was leaking uh, water every time it was running. Every time it got flushed, it was leaking water into the floor. Can I interject for just a moment? Yeah. The year currently is 2022. Yes. I know what you're going to say. Why the hell is there wax anything? <laughs> I actually don't know. Apparently, that's just the way it works. I really, I, I really don't know. There's no been no ad- advancement in toilet gasket technology yeah, that has brought it forward from wax to any other substance. Listen, literally it, anything else. Didn't an O-ring bring down Challenger or whatever? Discover like one of them. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. Apparently, sealing stuff is really fucking hard, and they, we we haven't figured it out in the year of our Lord. So um so they so there's a lot of water damage in the floor, um the toilet had to get well the toilet had to get torn up, I had the toilet replaced because it's like it was an old toilet a new toilet's like two hundred bucks, um it's already coming off they have to put one on anyways so we might as well buy one, so I bought a new toilet, uh plumber came and did that and then the toilet got instantly removed again because the, <laughs> the when I did the insurance claim they sent in a water mitigation company, uh which isn't like a contractor, like their specialty is like to figure out where the water is and they know when to stop cutting. Basically they just come in and demo everything that's wet. Um, so they cut out a bunch, they ripped up all the tile in the bathroom. They, uh, cut a floor, cut a chunk out of the subfloor. And then the bathroom is above my kitchen. So they also took the entire ceiling out of the kitchen and they cut a huge square, uh, like a, I don't know, like a six by three or something square out of the, I don't know what's the op- opposite of a subfloor. What's above the ceiling? <laughs> I don't the know. Roof. Uh, well, won't that be the subfloor? I know floor this the floor one. Above? Um, no, there's like something between the subfloor and above the ceiling. But you don't have a suspended ceiling. No, I don't. So I don't what know. The hell is... Okay. Actually, no. <laughs> wait. You you know the you know my house. I, I had that know. weird like wood paneling in the ceiling of the kitchen. Yeah. There was drywall above that, so they oh. cut out that drywall. Um, that's what happened. Yeah. And then the subfloor is above that. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. So that's the actual ceiling. If that's there's the, wood paneling attached to the drywall, yeah, that's yep. just like a covering, a wall covering. Yeah. I have no idea why somebody went through the trouble of drywalling that ceiling, uh, and then put that shitty ass fucking wood paneling up there. I imagine <laughs> the wood paneling came like years later. It must've, I, I hated it. It was so fucking hideous, but I assumed that there was like plaster or something really shitty underneath that like nobody wanted to deal with. Um, but apparently not. So all that being said. Um, I don't have a kitchen or a bathroom <laughs> in my house, so uh, I can't live here, uh, regrettably. So I, my insurance has me in a hotel. I've been living in a hotel for about a month. 
Um, staying up late watching movies in a hotel was fun for about four days. Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, <laughs> now I'm over. Oh, wait. I'll tell a little story here. I had this as a topic. So I was in Pittsburgh, out of town, uh, visiting some friends. I had a really nice time. I came yeah, back. you know, you're thinking about moving there. You like nobody it, so. asked. Continue. True. Yep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you're telling me about these trips. I want you to. I just really want the image in your head. You're telling me about these trips, like Pips, Pittsburgh, Pitts. Good God, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The fairly odd parents version of Pittsburgh is, is <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And I'm sitting there in a in a in a wife beater and stay in shorts. Uh, stay in shorts. Checking my daughter's poop as it comes out to make sure that she doesn't have an infection based on smell. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I had a great time in Pittsburgh. Woo! <laughs> so I came, I was in Pittsburgh. I came back. Uh, I got back on July 4th, which was a Monday. Uh, <gasps> my, first, my first day of work. True. Fun fact. July 4th is Independence Day. Um, what? My, my first day of work <laughs> at my new job was on July 5th. Um, and July 5th was the day that the demo of my bathroom started, and I totally forgot. So these these fucking good old boys with a bunch of power tools knock on my door at like they 7 in the no morning. Harm. No, they didn't. Nice guys. Um, <laughs> knock on my door at 7 in the morning. They're like, yeah, we're here for the demo. I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, well, I guess I'll work around them. <laughs> it's the lower class. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's the pores are here to do the real work. <laughs> so, they should, so, they should, so I'm like, oh, fuck. I'll work around them. Uh, I remember, like, I had to get my roof replaced a couple years ago. I like, I was like, oh, it'll be like that. It'll be like noisy, but like, I'll live, you know, whatever. No fucking way, dude. Holy shit! It was like the most disruptive. It was like, it was like somebody like hitting me in the head with a hammer. It was like, it like for uh, like how distracting it was and how like it was just I could not work. So I was like, oh fuck, okay. So I'll, I I need like a place to work. Like I don't have like. Uh, I, I could go to my mom's house for the day or for a couple of days, but like she, you know, she doesn't really have the space. Um, you know, like whatever. It's just like not a good place to like be starting a new job from, you know? And so I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'll check myself into a hotel. Um, and I, I, I hadn't yet, you know, cause I, I set the date for the demo way ahead of time. I hadn't thought to work with my insurance. I hadn't just considered the fact that I wouldn't be able to live here, you know? So I hadn't worked out with my insurance yet, uh, you know, to, to, to get set up in a hotel. So I, I made my own reservation for a hotel. Um, and what time was this at? Like what, what's, what's the, when was work starting and what time is it when you're making this hotel? Reservation? Um, I had a call with my new manager at 9am. What time are you making this hotel reservation? At? Literally like eight something like, like early <laughs> eight, like eight Oh two. So it's like a race against the clock. Yeah. Literally I'm on fucking Expedia.com. Yep. <laughs> I make a reservation at the holiday Inn in superior. Um, because <clears throat> they had the earliest check-in time I could find, which was 11, <laughs> which doesn't help me, but I make the reservation and I call them <clears> and I say, Hey, I have a reservation. Is there any way I can come in a little bit early? You know, I really, I really need a room. You know, I need a place to work. And they're like, no, sir. Absolutely not. It's the busy season. We're booked. Um, we can't do that. I'm like, fuck. Uh, so I go there anyways, cause, uh, it says on their website, they have a meeting room. Uh, and I'm like, maybe I can just work in the meeting room for a couple hours. Um, and so I go there, I like pack like two days of clothes <laughs> and a computer and I, <laughs> I drive over there and, uh, I go to the desk, uh, and it's this girl at the desk. It's her absolute first day of work. So I'm like, so like everything took way longer. It's like eight forty now or something. 
um, like tw- T like minus this is an episode minutes. of 24. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm talking to her. I'm like, please, can I like, uh, can I use your um, like I have reservation. Can I like, can I book the meeting room for a couple hours or something? Like I, I just need like a place to work. I'm setting up new job today. I'm fucked. Uh, and she's like, uh, she says, oh well, why don't you just check into an empty room early? <laughs> <laughs> like as if like. <laughs> It was just a thing I could do. That the the thing that I called earlier and they said was absolutely impossible. She recommended I do that. So I'm like, <laughs> she okay, got cool. fired for that. So I so I uh I get booked into an empty room and I get my my little laptop all set up and I sign on uh at about eight fifty three. <laughs> and as soon as you log on all you hear is like Congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Corey. Like nothing happened. You've passed the real. You've passed the real interview. We, we said the demolition toilet. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, they they ruined my bathroom like a. We like we ruined the wax before. seal of your toilet. We overbooked over hotel, every hotel. <laughs> we pissed in your gas tank all to see if you could get here by nine. <laughs> that was the real interview. Willy Wonka steps out of the bathroom. <laughs> If you want to view paradise. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my uh, extremely fucking stressful. Uh, that's July a great 5th. story. You always say, like, Sam, you have the best stories. Like, no offense. That story beats anything <laughs> that's happened to me in, like, the last f- 10 years. Like, that's an amazing story. That was spooky shit. I'm not going <laughs> to <For> lie. <laughs> the idea of, like, because <laughs> I never sleep well before I start a new job. I would know because I've had enough first days. And uh, the idea that I'd finally fall asleep and then get woken up like, and like, if you're like me, everything has to go according to a plan when you have intense things to do. Like you have your yeah. set, like, this is how it's going to go. This is where I'll be at this time. This is how it's going to, I'll be logged in, you know, 15 minutes early just in case and all that kind of stuff. And that you went from that to be thrown into the chaos of like, well, we're here to destroy your house. <laughs> to like, <laughs> trying to get hotel to just deciding that you're going to like drive to a executive uh boardroom at, at your local like it was holiday a holiday inn. inn it was not yeah, like a, yeah. yeah so it would have been you know like a picnic table set up in the janitor closet. Le- pretty, basically yeah I, I didn't get to see it because i never needed it but i i assume it was something like that sam That's do you feel like though. um do you feel like you're getting okay do you feel like starting a new job is a skill? Like, do you feel like you're good at first days now, or like, yeah. like meeting oh, new people and like doing like doing all the first time stuff? So here, there's a. So here's here's what I would say. I am probably the best interviewer, one of the best interviewers that there is okay. at this point. Yep. I think I I genuinely think like joking aside, I genuinely think I could get any job, anywhere. I have gotten between having to be the person that interviews because I've hired close to, uh, twenty people at this point. Okay. I was going to over-exaggerate and say 50, but no, not even close. But I've probably hired like 20 people at this point, just because turnover is so high at every everywhere now. Uh, and interviewing for so many jobs, like, I know. As long as they don't get into technical things, like, your interview sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> like, what, you want me to actually know something? Because most interviews, it's just a, can you charm a small group of people in a short amount of time? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've done panel interviews. I've done board interviews. I've done, you know, I've walked in in front of an entire executive suite, and I've had them, you know schmoozing by the end of it i i'm very good at that here's i have not mastered the actual like the first day yet um because genuinely and and this is a character flaw of mine 
I'm looking for reasons to be upset. It's just a terrible mindset to be in. <laughs> I'm looking. I go into jobs like looking for reasons. What's wrong with this get. place? Yeah, like, oh, man, this is going to suck. And I think you genuinely have to go in. I think that to be successful, you have to be excited your first day. And I haven't felt that in a very long time. So I go in and I start out on a cynical foot. And it's so weird because I'll interview very optimistically and very much like, this looks like the best thing ever. And it's almost like, uh, you know, like the the curse of always wanting what you can't have. Yeah. It's like then as soon as you have it, you're like, oh, well, this sucks now. It was, it, <laughs> I don't want it anymore. I have it now. Sure. Yeah. So I think that that always, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. No, most places, if you went to them uh, with a few, with few exceptions, uh, like all BS aside, I think they would, they would say I'm one of the top performers. I, I do. I work very hard. And uh, even when I don't want to. And generally <laughs> speaking, I save all of my, I think one of the reasons I complain so much in, uh, like it, it, <clears throat> in discord and all that is because that's like my vent <laughs> because sure. as pissed off as I may be, am talking to you or, or another friend or something like that. I very much keep the professionalism going on the outside sure, sure, and sure. I get things done. Um, and it's like a steam release. But as far as like, I still have a hard time with new personalities. Very much so. And in nursing, especially where it's a very specific kind of personality that you're around and it's very knowledge based, probably like IT, where your first day you're always kind of getting pushed around like, hey, do you know this? Do you know this? What What do you think about this? You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. do you have do you have the goods? You know what I mean? Yep. And I get defensive, and and I think that that always all that stuff combined probably doesn't keep me off of like being the expert on the first day. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Say, so, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt or anything. Mm-hmm. But we got another ad read to take care of. Oh, oh sure. yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm sending the copy to you, Sam. Okay. All right. <clears throat> there you go. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I have. <clears throat> I heard rumors about this ad. This is a big payoff for us, I think. Um, Okay. You've seen every show. You've watched every movie. You've played every game. (laughs) What are you going to do now? You could learn a skill, take up a hobby, but that means you have to suck at something first. Instead of that, slide into the sleep stream, baby. Sleepstream is a novel new service which will allow media to catch up to you so you never have to stop watching or playing. How does it work? When you report to one of the many nationwide Sleepstream clinics, you'll be placed in a chemically induced coma for an amount of time <laughs> you specify. Just, wait- <laughs> Just waiting for the next season? The introductory one year will do. Want to have a catalog to binge through? Well, with Sleepstream Premium, you can increase your stay for up to five years or any amount of time in between. Please don't bring your wallet. We hate big bills. With, <laughs> with Sleepstream, you can rest easy knowing that all your favorites will be back in action when you wake up ready for the binging. Sleepstream is not responsible for what their technicians may get up to when you're asleep and they are bored. Peaceful sleep is now just a stop away. Come in today and let the waiting begin. Starting today, if you shout, Talk Shop! at one of our clinic associates, they might just put you to sleep for 10 years. Just shout, (laughs) Talk Shop! at one of our associates. Sleep stream. Sleep tight. Catch up. That sounds like an episode of Black Mirror, actually. (laughs) That's like great. You think my insurance would cover sleep stream? I don't know. You'd have to check with them. I mean... Again, we only promote services we've used. I've been asleep for the past year. Yeah. 
I've had a, a stand-in for these last episodes. <laughs> Xenoblade you, Chronicles you 3 comes out on... For? I was waiting for uh, Better Call Saul Season 2. <laughs> oh, season hell part, yeah. Season, what, 5? Whatever. Have you watched it? The final six, season? Yep, six, yeah. I'm, are you caught up? <laughs> no, I'm waiting for it. I'm gonna, when it all comes out, I'll watch it all at once. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to report back to Sleepstream to go out for another year so I can catch the second half and watch it all at once. Yeah. See, for me, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is coming out on Friday. So I'm actually slipping into a sleep stream right after this. I'll miss uh, a few days with my kid just so I can go play a video game. Another yeah. good reason to ignore. And that's really what the service is all about. She w- she wouldn't have remembered those few specific days anyways. It's fine. Yeah, she barely even knows me, honestly. I mean, what, what does she care? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a random sketch idea that popped in my head the other day. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the future. Okay. Android servants are around us everywhere. We're rushing towards the singularity where machines become sentient. The androids look just like us, behave just like us. Okay. All of a sudden that day comes, the androids become self-aware. And then they're all inexplicably addicted to crack. They need to have crack. <laughs> it's like Bender, but crack. Yeah. Isn't that like literally what we did to African Americans? Is this all just like, is this literally? Maybe like... it is. Who knows? Well, are you saying African Americans weren't sentient until crack was introduced? Oh, that's one way to interpret what I meant. I just meant like <laughs> they were coming to get us, so our government got them addicted to drugs. That's what this, I meant. I just think it would be super funny, like the second computers become self-aware they have like this inexplicable urge to just consume crack crack. (laughs) well i mean there's a case you could make for they're like we have experienced every possible outlet of humanity we have explored all of your intelligence and it does not get any better than crack (laughs) (laughs) we live a thousand uh, lives in a minute and it doesn't get uh, any better i envision there's like protests of like homeless and crack addict people in the streets because the androids are taking their jobs of smoking crack at a faster and more efficient <laughs> okay, rate than that's, any that's human can possibly That's very funny. Do. That's very funny. It's a long setup, but holy We just shit, can't that, keep up! That punchline is amazing. <laughs> like, they're interviewing the people. I just can't get addicted to crack as fast as they can. It's I'm unfair. First... <laughs> we need to get rid of these things. They've already, you know, abused their wives and killed their children with negligence by the time I'm coming down from my first high. (laughs) It's just, it's not right, you know? It's It's not right. It's not right, damn it. Their teeth disintegrate at a hundred times the efficiency that next year. Uh, I don't know why that's that very funny. My head, but I I, that's that very funny. funny. No, dude, that's very funny. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure where it was going at first, but damn, like the idea of <laughs> the protesting addicts because they're so much better at it. That's that's <laughs> actually genius. I want, better crack addicts yeah. than crack addicts. Are. Props to you. That's actually I've never seen that before, and that's hilarious. That's a very no good one steal idea. it. Okay, I'll know if you did because I'll bleep, see it. Leave the whole last four minutes out. You're gonna see. Then, you're gonna. You're gonna see Sam, it on my. Ah, that's really funny. <laughs> nothing. Just you're gonna bleeps. see. It, you're gonna see it on my TikTok tonight. Ah <laughs> oh, shit! Local man goes viral for his hilarious cracked sketch. It'll be, oh, it'll no. be like the all those nuns of dollars yeah. invited to come hang out with Dave Chappelle. It'll be like the fucking like the high pot news sketch, the key and feel. He paid us extra to make sure the headline was "Now I make more than you, Corey." <laughs> 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 True. Period. 
<laughs> All right. Well, no, that's we're, very funny. Uh, we're pushing we're an, an hour. hour yeah, we're like an hour. Well, you know, got, this is what happens when we don't record for on, a long time. We got time. one more ad read here before we jump into um, what is probably going to, you know, like the segments, uh, you know, like the circle yeah. and the music. Yeah. Here, let fine. me just shoot this over to you, Sam. Oh, I just Sam, read one, but I'll read oh, it again. Oh, no, Tom, 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 excuse yeah. me. I mean, oh, I'll I don't get again. to read? What am I, illiterate? Here we go. What am I, a crack addicted robot? <laughs> robot? <laughs> crack robot. addicted yeah, robot? All right. <laughs> <clears throat> 40 car pile up, multiple bridges completely destroyed, entire city full of skyscrapers leveled into dust. When your transformer answers the call, we know it's acting for the greater good and we don't hold it against them. But what about you, the regular average guy? You just bought that new truck seven months ago from Lone Star Ford, totally oblivious to the fact that it is actually an immortal interdimensional shape-shifting alien robot. You still have 65 months of payments on that truck, and where is it now? Hanging out with some guy named Bumblebee? How does that help you? And what about the paper mill it destroyed? You can't afford that. Well, we're here to help. Introducing Transurance. <laughs> this is Simply amazing. Simply log in onto our website and enter information about the vehicle or household appliance you suspect might be a Transformer. From there, you get your free, no obligation quote, <laughs> and and can buy right on our website. Then, the next time the entire world is almost destroyed by evil robots, you can enjoy peace of mind when your blender unexpectedly comes alive and to join the fight. Transurance, <laughs> more coverage than meets the eye. Oh my God, that Thank was you, Transurance. Like... <laughs> Shout out to Transurance. Shh. Chef's kiss. That was amazing. Uh, I, I have insured my uh, my coffee machine. I don't trust it. Uh, I just I don't know. I feel like it's looking. Sometimes at me funny it's like sometimes. a half inch to the left from where I left it. And <laughs> yeah. It yep. Oh, that's good. Yeah. If you ever suspected any of your inanimate objects of being animate, first maybe try taking the lithium, but then <laughs> transurance. That's um. That's. I mean, I. If the cops ask me again, that's how the dead hookers are getting in my closet. <laughs> if you think, like the like the movie, like the it's mov- not me, it was the car. Like the Transformers, like the Shia LaBeouf one. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf's pretty lucky that the car he bought liked him and like stuck around. It would have been. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If he would have car- been out like what five thousand dollars? I don't remember what he bought. It I don't for. remember either. The fucking car just, just comes alive him. and it just leaves to go fight in some like eternal war. <laughs> He's like, well, <laughs> fuck me. Well, I guess I have to walk everywhere or bike. Yeah, transforms while you're inside of it. <laughs> you squeeze out like the inside of a burrito. Thanks, Transurance. Yep, shout out to Transurance. Check them out, yeah. everybody. That's that's probably one of my favorite ad reads we've ever gotten. I, I hope we see more of Transurance. Well, all right. Well, uh, should we do? Are we doing remembering the ass, or are we doing the circle? The asshole. I don't know. Yeah. There's no clever line for that one. Uh, why don't we knock out the circle? Okay. Okay. So all I've right. been through the whole series. Oh shit. Okay. Oh yeah. So you're gonna okay. have to remind me. I'm gonna have to take context. Oh, yeah, because your wife clues. got really into it. I forgot. Yeah, my that. wife liked it, so we ended up watching it. We did not watch the second season. That's all. Spoiler. Okay. We did not. It wasn't worth going forward with. But all remind right. me what's going on in the second episode, because that's pretty early. Uh, let's see. They just voted out uh, the model. The model. Chick. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the se- they have the party. Oh God! Yeah. During the after party, then they get to meet. One person gets to meet the new person. Yeah. Uh, but that it ends on the cliffhanger of her not choosing someone. 
Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Just like one random thing. I thought it was really funny when the model chick got voted out. Uh, and then she went and met the other chick to be like, yo, I'm actually real. She said something like, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. really funny because you are literally a model. You literally get paid to go on covers for people to judge. <laughs> for people to judge and she acts exactly <laughs> she acts exactly like how you would imagine a model acts i remember thinking that was hilarious too she's like she's all like tacos and partying and hello gorgeous bitches and then she's like i'm not don't judge a book by its cover i'm not a typical model i was like you are exactly a typical model. as the model does typical <laughs> yeah. model things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she went um, pretty though let's not pretend like she won't i feel like um i feel like well, i have she's to- a model for a reason true I feel like I have to conclude that this is a decent reality show because I spend most of my time mad at the people on the show and not yeah, mad at the yeah. show, which yeah, is that's like, true. that's what it's there for. Like that's entertainment. Mm-hmm. I, I have to admit it's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not like super into it, but I'll watch it. Like I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit invested. Looking yeah, back, so- that shows a fever dream. I'm telling you right now, like, especially <laughs> now it's so fascinating now that it's been like seriously a month since I've watched any of it. And now thinking about it again, like oh my god that's like an iv drip of like pure culture (laughs) and when you get a step away from it it feels very different but it's hilarious to revisit it now yeah that shows my favorite like whenever i think about that show the thing that i'm always going to come back to is how many notes they obviously gave every contestant to way overreact to everything yes yeah um and also like how completely non-consequential every actual gameplay point was because they'll always be like we're about to really blow the doors off this thing hey what animal would you be if you could be any animal oh yeah look, you'd yeah, be yeah. a fucking cheetah bro or this episode was like uh um like try to guess like try to guess the celebrity without naming them and it's like whoa yeah it's like oh you yeah. know the party game they've been playing since literally the 1800s yeah it literally one. it's it's like that time i i uh recommended would you rather <laughs> we just make a big True. i forgot about that make a big fucking deal oh my god wow yeah some of yeah uh but they well, the, the people are likable though yeah you do kind of like the people even uh old south side the the jersey boy or wherever he's from even he kind of grows on you yeah has that started yet true yeah, I think yeah. it started. I, yeah. I fucking hated him after the first episode. But. Well, I mean, the intros always suck. Actually, the new the newest person that just came on, what's her name? Miranda. I don't, I don't remember the name. Uh, She had, like, the most tame of anyone I've, we've seen so far. They, she seemed like the most, like, average person pulling off the street person. Yeah, everybody else is, like, a caricature of what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um... But uh, this episode was all cementing alliances was the big meme. People trying to form alliances with other people. Oh, yeah, you'll see. They, these guys, by the end of the show, start acting like they've literally stormed the beaches of Normandy together. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, they'll literally be like, I love you, dude. You're my brother. We're going to live together after this, and I'm never letting you out of my sight. And it's probably been, like, what, a week in real time, and they've just chatted with each other on this internet <laughs> You're gonna, it gets so over the top with like the quote unquote connections these people build. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't know. It's like the. Well, right now, there's no pattern to anything because every, like, of the two episodes, all the segments are completely different. Yeah. 
That's a good point. I feel like I, yeah, that's a good point. I feel like I don't get it. I feel like I don't get what, like, the overarching, like, what no, is it, this show? They don't explain it. Like, I remember getting, like, five episodes in and being like, okay, but how does this end? Because there's, like, no actual progression. Because like they format. keep adding people, yeah. right? I yeah, they yeah, just keep I adding know. people. When they added this chick, I was like, wait, what? Like, how does... it supposed to be elimination? When does like, this end? the last one yeah. there is yeah. supposed to have the money, right? Like, how do we know when alert, we stop it playing? It kind of just ends. Like, at some point, they're just like, that was the last one. Now we're going to vote for a winner. That's actually how it goes. Damn. Okay, that's kind of weird. Huh. Like in the show, in the show itself, they're like, "It's time for the last vote," and even the people in the rooms are like, "Oh, the last one." <laughs> like, I, I guess I've never. I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but I guess I've never seen a show like that where like the no. format wasn't hyper rigid, and they didn't spend the first two minutes of every episode of every show reminding you of the format and how the show works. Yeah, my theory is that it's kind of like a casino, and that it's designed to make sure that you're never keeping track of time or like how long you've been watching. Yeah, okay. Um, and in the same way, you they target the created like in the game. No, no, you as the viewer. Okay, like okay, it's okay. it's it's meant to be like bingeable. Sure. And like the way Stranger Things found out what everybody wanted in like a, that type of show, I think yeah. this was they did the same study for a reality show, and then they purposefully didn't give it any kind of structure so that at no point you'd be like, oh, we're already at this part again, because you'll see even the episodes don't end on even times. Yeah. It'll be like one episode ends at a vote, but another episode ends when the game starts, and another episode ends. It's it's like literally disoriented on purpose, I think, so that people would watch all I don't know ten episodes or whatever. Without even taking a second to breathe. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I believe that. Huh. Yeah, because the first episode was like an hour and 20 minutes. And this yeah, one was, was like long. 44 yeah. minutes, I think. Yeah. That's interesting. It is. It's compelling. I mean, in a, in, not like, not in the same way as, say, Breaking Bad. But it, I remember being like, man, I kind of want to know what happens. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Who do you guys want to win right now? Uh, I like that Indian guy. I can't remember. His I name. was gonna say Shuby. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah Shuby. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I haven't heard that name in so long. I feel like I'm really yeah, it's nostalgic already. Almost. Yeah, Shuby. That guy's yeah. likable. He's he's, he's the guy, guy that really goes. He's the guy that really goes over the top and is like, I would die for you. I would bleed for you. <laughs> he does the needful, as you might say. Yeah, like, show Shuby. <laughs> Drew. <laughs> Uh, I don't really have anything else to say. It was just I don't either. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of analysis that can be done on. Uh, it's not as hateable episodes. as Hype House was. No, it's, it's yeah. I have to like not. talk at lengths about something when you absolutely fucking despise it. And this one, I like. I don't necessarily like it, but I don't hate it either. It's just like noise. But yeah, it's like Hype House was an anomaly of bad. Yeah, that was that was uh, that's a black was a hole lot of entertainment. Painful moments in that show. Yeah. I wonder what those people are doing now. Filming Hype House Season 2, bro. Are they actually? I'm sure they are. They left it open at the end of the first one, remember? I gotta find out right now. Where they're like, oh, Hype House is dead. But then the guy's like, nah, JK, it's actually real. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Uh, there's... (laughs) No shot, they renewed that show. Uh, Let's see, Hype House 2 is coming back. Okay, we're gonna have to live... Okay, we're gonna have to live with with the idea... With the moral consequence that perhaps our three views were enough to push it over to get renewed. Oh, never mind. It's still in question. Okay, never mind. They've yet to hear anything about a second season. Okay, Okay, thank God. All right. 
The first article was just on an assumption that there would be. We can all sleep at night now. Never mind. Ignore what I said. Yeah, it definitely did not deserve it. Like, on any face value. Even as vacuous, like, infotainment. I don't know. Not infotainment, but, you know, that's the wrong word. But even (laughs) infotainment. Shit like Hype House is the reason reason (laughs) Netflix has a reputation for, like, greenlighting anything. Like yeah, do you know no, what I would watch? Actually, is I'd watch a crossover of like Hype House and the Magic School Bus. <laughs> I want to see. Um, do you remember what was that show where like uh, uh, where like people swapped lives? Game of Thrones. No, if you fuck you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Quantum. Yeah, League? like swapping spouses and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, oh, yeah, trading, yeah, yeah. Yeah, trading. Trading yeah. places. No, fuck. What the, I don't. I might be thinking of a different movie. kind yeah, of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Um, uh, but like. But like, Hot Cuckolds Five? Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I want to see good. a version of Hype House where they like take those people out of the Hype House and make them go do like work as like a landscaper for like a week. Mm-hmm. I want to see that so bad. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. They just wouldn't do it. I mean, that's I think. I they just complain the whole right. time. And Dude, but this is my fan. Like, oh, I'm telling you Jesus what I want to see. I, I would love to see it. I would love to see them all lined up on a wall and shot. <laughs> True. <laughs> That'd be a good reality TV right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the show there's no drama or there's no storyline there's no like three act it's literally oh just... no i want it i want it to be a five hour thing where we follow them the, from the sunrise to when it actually happened okay okay and we get to see every like, minute of the life no cap i can't believe that this is happening to me that they're finna shoot <laughs> my ass I, this is not bussin <laughs> <laughs> this is not bussin true <laughs> this is the opposite of bussin this is nussib Uh, all right i believe we also listened to an album we did last month however long it's been that's true it's almost been a month not quite so stop complaining before you've complained yeah i i we okay so this is just like some some how the sausage sheets made tom and i thought about recording an episode where we just like explained why there'd be a delay because Corey was going to be gone and everything like that. And then, like, we lost steam on it real quick because we realized nobody cared. <laughs> That's true. That is a true, true story. We're like, who, who would we record this for? <laughs> it's like, we might as well it? just, like, text the person and be like, hey, we landed on if they really care, they'll reach out. And I don't know about you guys, but I have. That's like I stopped recording my book uh, for people. And I have not had one person, like, be like, hey, are you going to finish this? Yeah, I haven't gotten a text. I guess we're just, this is the decline. But hey, John Rubin. Yeah, John Rubin. So why don't you talk a little bit about the album and uh, why you chose it? All right. So yeah, going back to like the, uh, so there are three bands that I would consider the core of like what developed my musical taste. And this was the Genesis. Like before this, it was pretty much only like worship albums or whatever was on the radio, like the oldies that like my dad would let me listen to, like the Forrest Gump soundtrack. There was like, <laughs> there was like okay. church music and the Forrest Gump soundtrack. And then when I moved to the States, when I moved to America uh, for sixth grade, this was like the first album that I heard. And it was a Christian album. So I was allowed to actually buy it. Um, but even then it was kind of on the fence. I remember my mom getting really mad one day and, and being like, <laughs> cause I didn't clean my room. She was like, uh, you're sitting here listening to Rebels on the radio like this. And she referenced the John Rubin CD that I was listening to nonstop. And she's like, it's stuff like this that's going to lead you to die in Iraq. Because, like, 9-11 had just happened. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So this this is, like, a that's core hardcore. critical memory. Like, this, like, 
um, I told you, like, back in the day, we were hardcore, man. We weren't soft like it's gotten like today. Oh, yeah. Parents told us we were going to die on battlefields. That's how it was back then. And they were we right. Used the, we, I, I light up a cigarette. We used the N-word, and we accepted our future deaths on battlefields. <laughs> <laughs> Life was short back then. Yeah. It didn't mean much. <laughs> on the battlefield. No, we all kind of slipped field. into a solid snake voice. <laughs> Um, on the battlefield, you can say the N word as much as you want. <laughs> but no uh, me you. <laughs> in the box, the N word box. <laughs> Come with me in the box. <laughs> um, <laughs> I listened to this. I, I I don't. I genuinely like. So I can remember the first time I heard most of the the bands that I really like. I don't know who or how I got introduced to John Rubin. I just know that after I heard it once, I did not stop listening to it. Um, for like three years straight, I listened to this album so much it was on constantly, while I was playing like video games, while I was going for runs, while I was doing anything, and it was me and my core group of friends all liked it pretty evenly. Um, I remember like one of the big debates was uh, there's a lyric in there that's like I've got crazy little fluffy Jewish hair, and we all tried to pretend like he'd said the f words so that we could feel cool like we were listening uh, to like, yeah. a, a uh-huh. parental advisory album. Um. I've seen John Rubin live a few times. He was very funny. He was a very good entertainer. Um, I peed next to him once. Cool. <laughs> Wait, cool. what? I was peeing. I, it was at the Encounter, which is a place in Duluth yep. that where a lot of a lot of um, live music used to happen. That used to like kind of be the spot. Live Christian music, yeah. Yeah, it was all Christian. And uh, one time, I went to see John Rubin there, and I went pee afterward, and he walked right in next to me and peed right next to me. Damn. Cool. Did you look at his dick? Oh hell yeah. How was it? How was his hog? Are we rating from a negative five to a five? Yes. Of course. Why else would Maybe. you rate anything? And that how else would you rate a, anything? That Correct. dick was a that dick was a six. Oh man. Oh that was shit. a professional that was a professional Jewish rapper dick. Damn. Wow. Yo. There's just no other way to describe it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Look out, uh other Jewish rapper. Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure he's a guitarist. What does he do? You know he raps a Sing little. A he was in the Hunger Games. <laughs> he um he used to do like <laughs> he at least half rap normal rock, and then uh, he's he did he took like the Kid Rock sellout like rap rock route yeah. pretty recently, and it's uh it's pretty despicable if I do say so. I don't know if the anyway. audience is gonna be able to hear this, but someone is still launching fireworks. <laughs> no, you can't hear it. That's I can't hear it. <sighs> so yeah, John Rubin. I'll talk about how I feel like he held up. Just know that I had beyond like a norm. Like I didn't just enjoy it. I thought he was like the greatest musician of all time because sure. mostly because he was the only musician I'd ever heard for a very long time. So I want to go around. I want to hear your ratings. What do you guys think? Hmm. Wait, I I, forget, think... I I can't remember the format. I'm sorry. Do we do what we rate it now? And then the this. What we think we would have at the rated end it. we at the end we rate it what we think we would have it. Okay, For now we rate right. it what yeah, we actually okay. rated it. Okay. Um. I'm so I'm gonna give it a solid two. I think. I'm I'm gonna give it a two too. I don't know. I'm not like super into hip hop. I can't like critically like decide how you know. I don't I don't have that much of a palate for it, so I have a hard time you know rating it. Um, but. Sure. As far as like white people rap albums I've heard, <laughs> it was it wasn't bad, and I did enjoy listening to it. So, yeah, one or I two. I gave it a three. I gave it a three. 
And then just to make sure that my bias wasn't crazy, I had Jack the Garbage Man listen to it one night while we were playing games. And he doesn't know our rating system, but he gave it a 7 out of 10, but then knocked off a point just because he hates anything Christian. Okay, <laughs> so, that's, it was a six. so that's a Fair three. enough. I think yeah. that translates to a 3 on the scale. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all Fair. right. Well, no, a 3 would be an 8. So he gave it a, he gave it a 2, and then he knocked it down to a 1. So right, right around in the same the same zone as you are. So we can confidently say that even if it's not really your thing, this is a uh, objectively decent album. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is fair. I thought it held up extremely well. I did too, actually. I like uh, I had listened to some John Rubin. Like my favorite John Rubin anything was always uh, the uh, uh, nuisance that he did with Matt Thiessen from Lion K. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he got yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was when he was getting pretty artistic. That album, uh, Word of Mouth, is actually pretty experimental. I think that was he The got... Boy versus The Cynic. Oh, was Nuisance? Hmm. I don't know. But, I feel like yeah, I know my John like, Rubin pretty well. but <clears throat> that's Yeah, so there's a couple of things we can kind of dive into. There is a contingent, surprisingly, of Christian music that isn't ass. <laughs> True. And it's, it's small, but it's strong. It is very small, but there is a, a strong contingent. Um, I put Reliant K in there, which we've talked about before. Yeah, and not I, even I as like would... good for Christian as like genuinely. Oh man, you just schooled really... me on my own artist. Yeah, Nuisance was on the Boy versus the Cynic, which is my favorite John Rubin album. Yeah, that's a really that. that's an ex- and exactly like to the same point. I think John Rubin is in that same ilk where it's like it's not, it's not music for the excuse of Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not. Uh, it's not like third day or something like that where it's like <laughs> they only exist to write uh mimic other music styles and then insert Jesus words into it. Yeah. It's like this person actually has something to say. It just happens to contain Jesus isms. And I think John Rubin is in that camp. And I'd say like, even from this, this album, which is his first full album, um, that's the case. There, there are a couple songs that I'm not a huge fan of, but overall, I'd say, especially for like the time it came out, uh, you know, like this is obviously, this is post Eminem, am I right? I'm pretty sure. It was like early 2000s still, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, so Eminem would have been on the incline, but he wasn't a superstar. Okay. So that's actually more interesting then. Um. Because the first thing I thought of is like, oh, this is just uh, this guy's trying to sound like Eminem, like on the first track. But then, as time goes on, it's like it's different. Like he likes hip hop. You can tell mm-hmm. he likes the culture. He likes the sound of it. He likes uh, coming up with rhymes and flows and things that aren't necessarily Jesus driven. Like yes. he has, it's a format for him to express what he's thinking as opposed to a format to express um, or evangelize, right? Yeah. Um, and I think in that regard, the album holds up very well. Uh, he's a thoughtful guy, and he has oh, been yeah. like the entire time. Like Even his new stuff is like really interesting. If you haven't listened to his like last three albums, I would say check them out. Mm-hmm. They're different. They're different from like the standard hip-hop you would hear. Like He's actually trying... To sound like himself, he's not trying to sound like, you know, like rip off some other uh, hip hop artist. And I think, as far as like, just to 
start things off i think like the beat work and like the the sound of this album is very good i agree yeah there's some really really catchy melodies in this album. even ahead of its time even i would say like i was actually surprised going back and listening to it how he kind of like surpassed the very simple like Metal so gear. if he was trying to sound like eminem so if he was trying to sound like eminem there would have been like the organy like the the plucky organy like and he would have done like something kind of goofy over that right yeah but he actually explores some really interesting sonic sound space and really differentiates each song and really cares about the 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 composition of it and the orchestration of how he's going to use those things and then he flows very interestingly on the drum beats as well mm-hmm. yeah and he shakes up, and he does he shakes up his as opposed to kj52 who has one flow yeah <laughs> i was gonna say one, like this is like they're not even comparable. Like the KJ, that that was offensive to listen to. It even just from a musical standpoint, it was a pain. Yeah. Yep. Like it, the and mix was all wrong. The beats just, were all and it, wrong. It was just cynical. Yeah. And back in the day, there was a huge debate in the in the white Christian kid community about who was better, KJ Five Two or John Rubin. I was always a John Rubin stan. Uh, I don't know how you could not be objectively like. There were people that swore KJ52 was better because he was goofier. He was goofy. John John Rubin was definitely hip-hop for the kids that were going to be depressed in the future, like on antidepressants in the future. Because like you said, he's pretty thoughtful. He he um, I've always thought, even in re- looking back, like he was always more interested in trying to create something a bit more artistic as opposed to a big hit. And he's very cynical about his pop, especially if you go on through his like whole catalog. Like if you listen to Hindsight... It basically every song that's even kind of catchy is him mocking anything catchy. He like has a chorus. It's Ruben, what are you dippity doing? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember him being up on stage at one of the times I saw him live, and he was like, "I've had a lot of like Christian magazines. They get after me because I think I'm so egotistical because they think I love myself so much." He's like, "But what kind of person that takes himself seriously writes a chorus like?" Ruben, what are you dippity doing? He's like, I don't think they get what I'm trying to make fun of. <laughs> so he was always kind of like, really quick, I think he got disenchanted with music as uh, the industry as a whole and just decided that he was going to be a goofball about it when he had to be to make some hits, but more or less he had some other things that he wanted to talk about. Yeah, and like just lyrically, it's much more obviously thoughtful than KJ52. KJ52 is like, yo, man, I want to talk about Jesus. You ever heard of the guy? He has <laughs> J-E-S-U-S. You ever heard of him? It's, and it's He's just relentless. Yeah. And it's nonstop, yeah. the entire album. And John Rubin's like, nah, I'm going to talk about like my life <laughs> and like existence, maybe through the filter of Jesus, like yeah. as a concept, like this Christian perspective. But it's not. Well, he actually talks about struggling, right? Like, it's not like most Christian rappers where life is perfect as long as you have God. Instead, he's there's. it's always hinted at that maybe God is the only thing keeping him together through a hard time. But he doesn't deny the fact that there's a constant struggle in him. Yeah. Right? That life is easy or anything. Yeah. And I guess uh, the only track that it kind of breaks is, of course, the one that Toby Mac is in. Where he's like, let me give you a new perspective. Jesus loves all y'all. So do I. People just hate because they want to hate. And it's like, <laughs> shut up, Toby Mac. No it was very clearly, so it was on Toby Mac's label, and it was very clearly Toby Mac made him write that song. <laughs> like, yeah. that wasn't a John There's Rubin like, Well, song. there was another song that I think uh, might have been a uh, label wanting song. Let me look up the album. I have to remember the name of it. 
uh, I think it was X-Ray. No, it wasn't X-Ray. I don't think. I was gonna say I think I remember liking that song. Yeah, X-Ray is not a. One. X-Ray doesn't come across like it's that. It's like the rap rock song. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Oh, the rap rock. I know the one. Fuck. Um, I think it was after X-Ray or before. It was real. It was right near that track. I can't find it now. Maybe I imagined it. <laughs> it was a dream. The song came to me in a dream, a and it really offended me. I can't think of a song that I would call rap rock. It was record. a song with a rock chorus, for sure. I literally can't find it now. That's crazy. I swear it exists. Hang on. I'll, I'll look. I know you're right. I'm not crazy. John Rubin oh, hey. Fun fact, John Rubin today is worth $1.9 million. Good for him. He earned it, man. He's it came been... up when I was trying to, uh, it came up when I was trying to, uh, find what you guys were talking about. And it turns out he's worth about almost $2 million. That's awesome. And he's still making music. Yeah. Or at least as of, uh, 2020. I gotta listen to that album. That's the I haven't listened to that one. I, the last one I listened to was Rubonic, which I thought was very interesting as a hip hop album, not even just like as a Christian hip hop album. Just like a, he's put out one since then. Uh, I think it's literally called like Best Christian Rapper. It's funny. Oh yeah, that's the EP. I think those tracks are on this John Rubin album. It's just called John Rubin. Oh really? Hmm. Came out twenty twenty apparently. I gotta check that out. But anyway, um. Outside of the uh, likely forced tracks, um, it, I, like even just listening to tidbits trying to find this track, it's like so sonically nice. Yeah, yeah a it, lot it does of really sound pleasing very nice. sounds. Yeah, it's mixed I like the fact well. that he goes into every song with a point too. Like he has something he's gonna talk. It's not just like so much of hip hop is just like I'm the best, and it's finding different ways to say that you're the best, and the other person sucks. Now he even comments on that in some of these yeah. tracks where he's just like, you know. Everybody's always touting themselves. Like, Hello Ego is a good one. Yeah, it is. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, hello there, Ego. Yeah, it's just very good. And how old is he? He looks so young in that picture. He, I have no idea. He had to be pretty young. He was, I mean, he was. So the story is, is that his mom was a uh, a metal music producer. <laughs> oh, And okay. she always wanted him to go into that. They literally lived in a trailer park. And uh, he wanted to go hip hop and he would take buses. I know a lot about John Rubin. I studied up on him. He would take buses and do open mic nights, like from the age of like eleven. <laughs> he would just go through it, so he really lived it. And, yeah. and um, you can tell, like just from yeah. the sound and how he carries himself and how what like references he makes, like he knows his stuff. <clears throat> and yeah, he eventually signed a goatee. Uh, or he, was he goatee or was he tooth and nail? He must have been tooth and nail. Well, it so. would have been goatee if it was Toby Mac, right? Yeah, I guess it was goatee. Well, I think yeah. tooth and nail was also Toby Mac. Was well, that true? I'm pretty sure there was only. I'm pretty sure there's only two labels. I'm pretty sure it's like GE. Like you follow any pipeline, eventually it goes back to Toby Mac. (laughs) Toby Mac. That guy was a juggernaut. What happened to that guy? What's he doing now? Uh, His kid committed suicide. I know that. Like horrifically depressed. You know. Yeah. He wrote a song that honestly, uh, and I liked Toby Mac Momentum. I thought that album was pretty good when it came out. Uh, but listening to him sing a song about his son killing himself is pretty rough. That does sound pretty bad. 
You're like, no, Toby, this wasn't supposed to happen to you. According to your music, life is so perfect. Fun story about Toby Mac, though, was uh, I, um, so I had a, he's not anymore, but I had a brother-in-law who wanted to be like a Christian pop star, right? Like I've mentioned him on the podcast before, like relentlessly. That was his whole life ambition. And Toby Mac came through Duluth once and um, he was really excited because he was one of the people selected to go up on stage with Toby Mac. They they picked people out of the audience and they're like, you're going to come up on stage and be with Toby Mac during the closing song for whatever reason. Um, and he was so excited because he was like going to show Toby Mac his music and he was like oh, going to dance for him because he's a dancer. That's one of his, he's like a, a hip hop dancer. Um, and he was so excited. Like he, in his mind, he was going to like do a bunch of dances for Toby Mac and get pulled up onto the, the record label. And that, that was going to be like his start. Right. Okay. Yeah. Toby Mac had very strict rules about being on stage with him. And one of them was that you were not allowed to dance, move or draw attention to yourself in any way. <laughs> Because oh, no. the show was about Toby Mac, course, so yeah. I'll never forget. Like, because I saw when uh, my brother, my former brother-in-law, was like selected and how excited he was, and he, he was like, "This is it! It's gonna happen!" Like, it was a whole big thing. And then I, him actually being up on stage, having to stay perfectly still while Toby Mac walked. Around and oh around. no! <laughs> and it was like him and like twenty other people. And he told us afterward that they were given very specific instructions not to move or dance or do anything from the spot that they were in. That's a that's a rough one. <laughs> Uh, you want to know another story that you, you most people would take to their grave, but I'm not going to? <laughs> sure. Oh. All right. So I thought I was going to be a Christian rapper around the time of John Rubin and Toby mm-hmm. Mac when I would go see them at like Sunshine Music Festival. Yeah. And I had a song that I was very proud of. And the chorus was, uh, my name be Bob. Yes, it be Bob. My name be Bob. It still be Bob. Backwards, forwards, slow more reverse. It still be Bob. Because I was going to be Bob Spid. That was going to be my hip-hop name. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I wrote those exact masterful lyrics on a piece of notebook paper yes. and stood in line to meet uh, Toby Mac for two hours at Sunshine. And uh, for whatever reason, I was very convinced that my pimply-assed, chubby 12-year-old self was going to show that sheet, that sweaty sheet of paper to Toby Mac, and he was going to sign me to his label <laughs> like John Rubin. Uh, and I built it up, and I built it up, and I built it up, and... Uh, j- Toby Mac did not talk when you got to him in line. He did not say a word. Um, he looked at you and he signed it and then he threw whatever you'd taken to sign uh, at you and then you moved on. And I went, Mr. Mac, Mr. Mac, I wrote this and I just want to show you I think I'd be really good on your label. I really did. Oh, no. And okay. he did not say anything. He pointed at his like partner that was next to him, one of his backup dancers that like clearly toured with him. And that dude was the guy that had interact, interact, interact with the public. And he was super nice. He was like... Yeah, man. Cool. Let me see that. He's like, oh, these are some, t- these are some, I don't remember what the, the slang was. Whatever the equivalent of these. These are some tight lyrics or something like that. He's like, yeah, man. He was really encouraging. He was just like, I'm going to hold on to this because it's going to be worth money someday. But we're not taking anybody right now. And that was like the whole interaction. And so I came home from Sunshine Music Festival <laughs> telling like everybody on AIM, all of the little girlies I was talking to, like, yeah, I'm expecting a call from Goatee Records any day now. Oh no! Check it out, y'all. Because Toby was really impressed with my with my lyrics. <laughs> That's hilarious. And that was about the time I wrote the uh, Eminem Christian Trailer Park parody, or rewrite Christian version. Right on. And oh it's all yeah, because of yeah. John Rubin. I remember you bringing and it's yeah, all yeah, because yeah. of John Rubin. That's how influential he was. He did that for us. He did that for us. He died on that cross for us. He did. 
But yeah, I actually I liked this album a lot. I you always worry when you go back to something that you have some nostalgia for that it will have lost some of its shine. But what a great first like of all the white Christian rappers, I probably picked the best one to get introduced to. Yeah, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. He's definitely like I mean, I haven't heard anything of his caliber in that realm before or since. I don't think. And like just even another direct comparison to KJ52. You have the song where he's just like, I want a girlie's numbers on my notepad, but now I've repented and I'm so much better now. And you're like, what was, was your sin wanting to talk to girls? Is that like the terrible yeah, thing? Yeah, you're yeah, supposed yeah. to be gay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and dude, do you remember, I don't know if it was the same in your Christian households. Were you like afraid to admit that you liked girls for like most of your life? Yes. hundred percent. I was, I was like terrified that like, if I admitted that I found females attractive, I would like be punished. Yeah. You'd be in trouble. Lust yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now it's funny because now I talk to my parents about it now and they're like, we thought you were gay. <laughs> I always I always assumed my parents thought I was gay too. Yeah. And I was like, just because I didn't like date through all of high school, but it's like there's no opportunity to engage in a normal, what would be for everybody else, normal dating scenario. Yeah, can't do it. Without being condemned. <laughs> yeah. You know, like tying like, someone up and throwing them in your trunk. Yeah. I remember like a pretty girl come on in a commercial and I would immediately try to like look away and act completely. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, Like, Oh, I don't care about this. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I don't, I have no thoughts about this whatsoever. Hmm. And I honestly, that's not like a, that's not nice. (laughs) I'm not even sure that I can blame my parents for that. Like, I don't remember them ever being like, you better not like women. I remember Uh, a lot of, I mean, it's, it was definitely implicit. If not, it was explicit. definitely like you better not have sex until marriage. I mean, that's drilled into you so much that it probably makes you. Fear I, I think definitely like the, uh, like the like uh, maybe lust. I don't know if that's the right yeah. word for like looking what we're, upon yeah. a woman and lusting what, after what her. we're talking about. Like for the ages we were, I don't know if lust is the right word, but but you know what I mean. No, that's definitely yeah. I think that's the exact, the exact line was the, I don't know the David Bathsheba thing. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It definitely oh. was more subliminal because I, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking my parents. I don't remember at any point my mom or dad like being like, if you ever show interest in a woman, we'll beat the shit out of you. It wasn't like that. I just remember something drilled it into my head that if I liked a girl, I w- it would be bad. I would be in big trouble. I think that was probably the institutions, like school. Yeah. I yeah. was more responsible for that because my parents were like, like when I started dating, they were like relieved. <laughs> And it's just weird to think about, like, you had, like, 12 years of education where it was hammered into you, like, first you must court a lady. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, no, you don't. My dad told me a story over the last, like, five years or whatever about one time it became very clear that I was finding, like, the Victoria's Secrets under his bed, under their bed, and was, like, very much enjoying them. And, like, they didn't want to say anything to me because they were so relieved. <laughs> like, that he told me. <laughs> He was like, we were so happy when we found out that you were doing that. That's so funny. They just let you <laughs> pretend they didn't know. That's hilarious. But yeah. John but I was going to say, compared to like Jezebel, because that's a song that it's not even like I had sex and now I'm bad. It's just, it's really just, I, I, as a matter of fact, what would you even say it's about? It's just about the very complicated feelings of sexuality and attraction almost mm. like in how he feels like it could lead to ruin in an unhealthy way. Yeah. He's never like I had sex with you and now I'm bad. Like it never goes there, right? Yeah. 
And like even like the namesake of the track, Jezebel. Yeah. Like who's and like for this an, temptress lady. And if and if you're listening to this and you're like, well, that's not a big deal. Like you have to understand how explicit and beating you over the head like early thousands Christian music yeah. was. It was not you had like to be there. Like yeah. John Rubin was definitely being pretty crazy in the fact that he was not like straight up like sex is bad. <laughs> he was just like, well, what if, you know, like, yeah. It's All very right. good. So J- John Rubin's good. I think we're all getting tired. It's <laughs> past 10 hour. We at the two hour mark for recording now. Yeah, we are. Oh, oh boy, we're at 2.15. Oh, early. Fuck. Ugh. And we should pinch this all one right. off. Oh, Let's we, get we got to get the, uh, the the nostalgia ratings real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Um, uh, I think uh, young super Christian music me would have given this like a probably like a four, unironically. It would have been like the shit. I was never a f- like fond of hip hop growing up. So I probably would have given this like a negative one or two just because I did not like okay. this kind of music. Yep. I get that. I get that. This was absolutely a five album for me when I was listening to it. I I would have like died on the hill that music was never and would never get any better than John Rubin. Are we there yet? Yeah. So I would not like this is like something I'd honestly like recommend to people like even in today's context of like, hey, this is interesting. It comes from this specific perspective, but it's not like. J E S U S, brother. I would say. Ever heard of him? John Rubin's entire discography is worth listening to. It's mm-hmm. probably one of the best in all of Christian music. Uh, that's not worship music. And his evolution as he goes on to be, and and really starts exploring some sonic depths. Uh, like I said, if you're only going to listen to one other album, listen to The Boy versus the Cynic because I think that's his masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Even if I can't remember all the songs on it. <laughs> <laughs> um. And the story for The Boy vs. the Cynic is that he wanted to write a very reflective, dark album. And the studio, speaking of Toby Mac, wanted him to write a very happy album. So he wrote both and submitted them both. And they liked certain pieces of each, so they combined it and they called it The Boy vs. the Cynic. And that is a fascinating album. Listen to it. If you, if you listen to Are We There Yet and you like that, listen to everything. But if you're only, for whatever reason, you're like, I hate Sam, I'm going to listen to one other album. Listen to The Boy vs. the Cynic. Also, listen to just Nuisance. Yeah, this is yeah. A, a legit a good song. Very good song. Yeah. Cool. What did we learn? Hmm. What did we learn? Oh fuck. I don't even remember. What um. Uh. <laughs> We're old men. We're just so tired. I learned that it's Sam holds me in very high regard. That's what I learned. Who said that? You're schlubbing on my just, knob first half hour. I literally, I literally podcast. said I don't hate you for being no, 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 rich. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I said, I said, hold me in high regard. Okay. I learned that this. Wait, is that's what I the... said, right? Am I high? <laughs> no. Did I make it sound know. like? Did I make it sound you like did. I think Sam doesn't like me? No, you said that I do, and I was like, whoa, 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 oh, hold up! I never said that I like I'm, you. I'm having, double meme. I'm having a stroke. I'm having a stroke. You're right. <laughs> I we're going to have to have a cutoff time at like 8 p.m. when we record this. <laughs> yeah. What time is it? <laughs> yeah, take our pills. Oh, God. I'm taking my B12. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm cold and I'm scared. <laughs> uh, I learned that this is going to be the last season of the talk shop because Corey's uh, going to be in space. True. I'm going to be mm-hmm. uh, too rich Wait, was that before the... That was, was before that the podcast. Oh, that's, not on, that's not on tape. <laughs> Damn it. All right, never mind. Well, I'm I still keeping it. it. <laughs>
Um, yeah, you would think that I would have one, wouldn't you? I was, I thought that I was gonna have one. That's how it gets you. It sneaks up. <laughs> I literally have to have like a notepad open and type one up. Except for this I didn't. Time, I didn't. I didn't at all. What did we talk about today? Android crack. That's one. Yeah, I learned. Uh, I learned that like the monkeys on the typewriter will eventually create like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh huh. Tom left to his own devices for long enough. We'll come up with one of the funniest, most original ske- sketch ideas that I've heard in a very long time. You have to be very tired to think of these things. So don't sleep. And then, yeah, these things will just come to you, apparently. That's like my favorite sketch idea I've ever come up with, ever, is the one where Terminator comes back in time to like kill John Connor. And John Connor's best friend is like, oh, no, I bet you have to kill me, too, because I'm so important going to oh, save yeah. the world, too. <laughs> And Terminator's like, no, you don't do anything. You're useless. You are a middle manager at an ice cream shack. <laughs> you were ship, ship lead at a rug shop. Yeah. You never do anything. <laughs> Nobody mourns your death. <laughs> oh, oh. Brutal. <laughs> Even seeing me annoying about the future makes no impact. You never do anything. <laughs> so I said that'd be funny. All right. Anyway, let's call it a day. They're yeah. both robot influenced. Funny enough, maybe Very that's good. our maybe that's our sweet spot. We're all time. about we robots. Just start, <laughs> you just start a robot comedy show. Robomedy, if you will. Mm. Yeah. See, we're firing on. This is the sweet creative spot right here. Instead of taking LSD and snorting coke, we just need to be a little sleepy, a little past ten p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, stay hard, America. Stay, stay hard. hard, America. Love you. <laughs> I love you. Night, night. Lady Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye.